heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionaries broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? Man, no Ryan jumping in this time. Back to the <laughs> back to the old ways, huh? Back to normal. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Radio Freest Van, a 30K Horse Heresy podcast. This is episode 34 of Radio Freest Van. Uh, it's going to be me, Michael. I got my co-host, Ryan, here. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? There you go. Perfect. Nailed it. We got a pretty nice little show for you guys. Uh, let me just go ahead and break down what we're going to be going over today. Uh, of course, we're gonna do some introductions. We're gonna, you know, just have some generic talk about how we're, we're doing with each other because, you know, this is the only time of week we really get to chat. Uh, then we're gonna talk about some uh, bait goods that we sent over to Forge World. Uh, then we're gonna go over some hobby progress we were both doing. We got one voicemail in. You guys kind of slacked. I mean, you like gave us gold last week with like sixteen, and only got one this time, which is still a golden voicemail. Uh, but you know. It's whatever. Uh, then we're going to go over some Forge World releases. Actually, Forge World release, the Porphyron. We're going to kind of go over some some talk on that. We're going to talk about what it's going to do to the hobby and everything. and You know, just, just generic stuff. Uh, then Ryan's got a event in Michigan going on in January he's going to talk a little bit about. And then uh, after that, I mean, it's pretty much List City. I think we're going to go over four lists. we got a... Sons of Horus, 3,000-point Long March list, a 3,000-point Sons of Horus Orbital Assault list, a 2,500-point World Eater list, and a 4,000-point Dark Angel list we're going to go over. So it's a pretty, pretty big show, if anything. I think we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be going over. So let's kick it off. Ryan, dude, how fucking cold is it over there? It's cold over here. Um, so. I think it got down to, like four like four degrees fahrenheit four or five something like that i don't know if y'all had i still any- haven't broke out my coat yet i'm still rocking the hooded sweatshirt i've not went beyond a hooded sweatshirt yet how many people have died so far um i don't know <laughs> we could go, google that just go pull out your paper probably, probably nobody i mean it's, it's not been that cold i mean you'd have to like go out and lay down outside naked or some shit now we did the other day uh have a weird like fairly weird weather phenomenon so it got down to like 10 it was like 10 degrees all day long so the ground is extremely cold you know asphalt pavement's extremely cold and then we had a warm front come through which caused the temperature to you know rapidly increase but it's at nighttime so it's actually going up even though it's dark well because the warm front was coming through it obviously created precipitation so it started raining so it was like 31 degrees and raining but the ground is already cold so as soon as the water is hitting the ground, it's freezing. So it turned literally like all the roads into a skating rink. Oh, like fuck. you could like when your lights hit the road, it was like like shining a flashlight on like ice. Like you could see it was bad. So you literally could not drive more than fifteen miles an hour. And even at fifteen miles an hour, you were still kind of 
you know, fishtailing and shit. So it took me, it normally takes me about 27 minutes to get home from work. It took me over an hour and a half. I think it was like an hour and 35 minutes to get home. And um, I know when you visited here, remember that road where you drive in the bottoms? You're driving uh, like through a golf course. And then once you get through the golf course, you go into some woods. Yeah. And then you start, you go up this really steep hill. And the hill, you turn to the right at the bottom of the hill and you go up this hill. And then about halfway up the hill, it starts curving to the left and then gets even steeper as you curve to the left and then tops out up there. Right. So when I got to the bottom of the hill and made that right-hand turn and looked up the hill, there was literally a five-car pileup in the middle of the hill. It was to- The road was totally blocked off. And as I'm sitting there at the bottom of the hill looking up, there are cars that keep coming around the corner. And it's, they're already on the hill because it's like you're on the hill when you break over and it's like a, uh, a subtle curve. So they're already on the hill when they're making that curve and then they see this pile up. So they hit the brake, but you're on a hill that's covered in ice. So there's no stopping at that point. So they just slowly slide down the hill like into each other. So there was like just like more and more cars getting added to this pile up on this hill. So I didn't like stick around to see the result, but there was like five or six cars last time I counted looking up at the hill. And um, I got home and turned on the news and they said there had been like between 200 and 250 accidents in the last hour and a half in the city of Indianapolis or something like that. I know. I think Colt Colt sent me a, a message and like tagged me on Facebook or whatever. And he was like, he's like, this is the shit we got to deal with. And like it showed Indianapolis and like it was like every fucking road was like red. Like don't like this is ice, 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 ice. Colt, Colt Johnson lives in uh, Texas. Uh, I don't know who it was in here. I'll see. I'll see who it was. But um, yeah. It was it was a mess, dude. I and then then last night was supposed to be my normal game night, but because they like fear monger on the news, like anytime we get snow or ice, like for like three days leading up to it, they're like, stay inside. It's going to be snow and ice. Like it's terrible. And then there's always like. It's, be, it's like that cliche. Like, you guys probably don't have to deal with it, but everyone, for whatever reason, anytime there's going to be snow, yeah, everyone was... runs to the store and buys bread and milk as if the only thing you need to survive when you're snowed in is bread and milk. So when you go to the store, it's always just absolutely wiped out of bread and milk every time there's going to be a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you do, you people do realize it's not the 1800s, right? Like, there's a shit called, like, snowplow trucks, like... You're never going to be snowed in for more than, like, 24 hours, ever. So I don't understand, like, why you need to buy, like, three gallons of milk and four loaves of bread. It's the dumbest fucking thing ever. See, you can't just go buy your milk and slam it like you normally do. It was Jason Hall, by the way. It was Jason. It reminds me of the South Park where they're trapped in, like, the basement or whatever, and they eat the guy in, like, the first five minutes. Like, they eat the camera crew. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh my god, we're trapped. We're gonna have to eat somebody. They're like, it's been six hours. And they eat him. <laughs> so crazy. I don't know. So yeah, it kind of messed up my game night. We didn't have the uh, the the big turnout like we normally do because of uh, weather. Even though it wasn't too bad, I ended up having to drive uh, two guys home just because I did, I went and picked one guy up, and then another guy came with somebody else, and then his ride had to leave. So I drove all over the city last night and it wasn't bad. It was supposed to be bad, but I didn't think it was bad on Friday. It was 
it was legit bad. It took me, like I said, forever to get home from work, and there was people sliding off everywhere. I think I sent you some videos and some pictures of like some silly shit going on. Somebody in a somebody in a Volkswagen Beetle was going fast enough to slide across an entire lane of a highway through a grass median that goes down and then back up the other side and then across two more lanes of oncoming traffic, across an emergency lane and into a guardrail on the other side. I'm like, can you not see like all these other cars slid off the road and that the fucking road is like a skating rink like with your like your headlights hit it? Like how much of an idiot are you? Like there's you'd have to be going like eighty miles an hour to slide that far. <laughs> Was it a Volkswagen bug or volkswagen beetle was it like the newer it style was the beetle? New one. It was the newer <laughs> style. like it was not the newest newest it was like the one from the like my high school days right like I the 2000s that one is like a silver one i'm trying to think of a movie that like has it herbie the love bug legally the new blonde. one with legally blonde yeah <laughs> she had a pink one. one yeah the the herbie the new one with the 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 redheaded chick the the one that is a terror the one that like went all crazy Lindsay Lohan. It's a Lindsay Lohan <laughs> Herbie movie. What do kids like these days? Oh, yeah, the Lindsay Lohan? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a hell of a drug. Um, so, yeah, the weather, weather's weather been, it's been a little crazy. You know, we've gotten some snow and shit. My dogs like it. Uh, our new dog, we got her, we got her about this time last year. She's a year old, but she was like a puppy puppy last year in the snow. So this is like, the first time she's really been out into it as like kind of a semi-adult dog. So she loves playing in it. So I've been playing with her outside in it a lot. Do you have like a super long leash for her? Or I know you don't let her run around because you'll never get her back. No. I feel like. Yeah, she's <laughs> crazy. Um, no, it's like eight feet long. You can't have a super long one because she gets running as hard, like as hard as she can. And it will literally about jerk your arm out of socket. Like when a car is like, cause she wants to chase traffic. That's why I can't, She'd probably be okay, but as soon as the car goes by, she wants to chase it. She likes to chase cars. <laughs> I know you always mentioned that your dog had some wires crossed, and like I never thought like it was like, oh no, he's not serious. His dog's fine. Nope, that dog's like always at eleven. <laughs> like, well, yeah, like we looked it up. Like we did research. Like I guess there's a legit like you can give your dog like Ritalin. Like there are dogs that have like mental problems that you have to keep medicated like i've not really looked that deep into it like we don't do that but i don't know i might ask the vet i'm not gonna lie like you take this dog to like professionals that like deal with hundreds of dogs on a daily basis like trainers or whatever and you're like my dog's kind of crazy and they're like oh no we get all kinds and then you you drop her off and you come back a couple hours later they hand you the leash and they go your dog's nuts like (laughs) i've never seen a dog like this i'm like i know I don't, I can't figure it out. We just need like, like all of our listeners to, to write Caesar Milan for you. And then you can get Caesar Milan there and see what he can do. I am Caesar well, Milan. The he comes Lister. over there and tries to like knife hand her and do this thing. He'll lose his hand for one. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Cartman. <laughs> yeah. Two South I don't know, man. She just has episode. like, she just never stops. She like just is constantly, she never sits still. We've only seen her lay down like three times, and she's a year old. I don't. I don't even know that she slept in a year. Like when you open, like we we have her cage in another room that she sleeps in, and we just close the door and turn the lights out when she takes a nap. And when you go in there to like you open the door, and she's already standing up awake, like waiting for you to come in there. 
when you let her out. And then when she's out, she never lays down. She's just constantly running around, whatever, play with her, never stops, never quits running. Then you put her up, close the door. So I've never seen her asleep. <laughs> like ever. I've owned her a year and never seen her sleep. Maybe she doesn't sleep. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe she can't sleep. <laughs> she's nuts, man. It's a Jack Russell and a cattle dog. So it's like cattle dogs have like a biting thing. Like if like especially younger cattle dogs because they're a herding dog, so they like to nip to try to like control like the like cattle or whatever. And then it's also got like the insanity of a Jack Russell. It's like the worst thing. It's like owning a Velociraptor. <laughs> I don't know. I can't figure it out. She's nuts though. But she's got a heart of gold. She's cute. Probably the cutest pet I've ever owned. I don't know that she has. She's just crazy. So anyway, but yeah. So the there's that. That's about all I've been doing, like outside of you know normal hobby shit. We got cold weather. It hit us last night. How cold did it get? It was like seventy degrees in the day. Yep. And then I went to go see Rogue One at 9.30. And then when I got out of Rogue One at midnight, it was like 30 degrees outside. It got hmm. fucking cold. 40 degree drop in like yeah. three hours. Well, 30 like, degrees there is like super cold. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's nothing. Like, that's the, that's like the daily high here this time of year. Like, that's the <laughs> high temperature of the day. I went driving around to go like, uh. Like, I, I went driving around this morning to get food and stuff. And, of course, like, nobody was driving just because, you know, it was cold. Everybody's sleeping in. But uh, there was fucking dead birds, like, everywhere. It was just dead <laughs> dead bird city. Like, they had no idea what was coming. Nobody warned them. So they just fucking died. <laughs> so, I don't know. And then, uh, like, we had that. And then, oh, yeah, it's nine, nine degrees over there. What's that in Kelvin? But In hey, Kelvin? No. It doesn't have Kelvin. It just has... Fahrenheit and Celsius. So Celsius, it's minus thirteen in Celsius. Minus thirteen degrees. So to, so here we go. So here's here's next week's temperatures. So hang on, let me go back to Fahrenheit. Oh, hang on. Okay. So to so Monday the high of eighteen. Tuesday's a high of 31, Wednesday's a high of 36, Thursday's a high of 33, Friday's a high of 40. So there you go. So that's the daily highs. That's insane. That's, uh, that's nothing. That's like fairly warm for December. January and February are usually the shit months here. That sounds like shit months here. But, uh, but yeah, dude, so we had that going on. And then, did you hear about that Corpus Christi? Probably didn't. You probably didn't hear anything about Corpus Christi's entire water supply getting contaminated. No. So they're like the new Flint, Michigan? Dude, just like Flint, Michigan. Uh, so they had uh, asphalt. Uh, what is it? Some sort of asphalt chemical leak into their water supply. And... It was so bad you couldn't even boil it out. They're like, don't shower with it, don't drink it, don't boil it out. Like, do not use your fucking tap water in like this town of or city of Corpus Christi, which is like yeah. three hundred thousand people live there. That's a big city. And so like it's like, uh, okay, so what do we do? It's like drink bottled water. And so we're only forty five minutes away from them. So like 
every, all these people are leaving Corpus, like, and like buying all of our bottled water and all this stuff. And it's like, it's like you feel. So what? Like, what's the deal? What are they going to do to fix it? I don't know. They just have to like purge the system, like filter out all the water. Like, how does that work? I don't know. I don't. I haven't been paying too much attention, <laughs> to be honest with you. I just know that we had all our water bought out. <laughs> huh. I, could, I guess I could find the update on that, but uh, I mean, if you can't bathe in it, at some point they're going to have to do something. Yeah, it's 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 fucking loco. They f- hmm. so is there like some, It's a asphalt emulsifier is what's built in. So there. is it like some big company that did this? Like that's like now going to owe like a bajillion dollars that they'll just go bankrupt and not pay and just stick the taxpayers with the bill? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty, that makes sense. Pretty much. Four day Corpus Christi water ban lifted after test two hours ago. So they oh, just lifted go. the ban. So they probably purged. Like it's probably like got in all the lines or whatever. So the you know you have it in all the lines because I used to install water line. So the, the chemical behind the scare was Indolin AA86, an asphalt emulsifier which can burn human skin in its concentrated form. Okay. The leak took place at an asphalt plant lease to Irgon Asphalt and Emulsions by Oil Refiner Valero. Ooh. Uh, wow! It was only twenty four gallons spilled. Yeah, that is like twenty four gallons. Yeah, it, it's probably one of those things that was more like a like a big safety thing than really is dangerous. Fuck. Wait. I mean, not that I, I mean, not that I'm not glad of it. I mean, I wouldn't want to drink the shit. You know, twenty four gallons. You know what I mean? Like, it's better safe than sorry. Yeah, apparently there were seven confirmed cases of symptoms reported from it, from people bathing in it. Huh. Wow. Fucking I mean, crazy. if it's 24 gallons of concentrate, it's probably a lot. But, I mean, you got to think, like, all the gallons of water that are in a charged water line from, I mean, it's a lot of water. Solution to pollution is dilution. But, so, anyway. anyway. So, yeah, we had to deal with that. That's pretty funny. Chris works at AGB, so, you know, we kept asking him, like, did they come and get all your water yet, Chris? And, no, they didn't make it all the way that far. But, so, yeah, that's what we had going on. Rogue One, man, super good, glad I saw it. I just got back, we went and seen it a couple hours ago. What was I going to say? Hey, and and this isn't going to ruin the movie for everybody, but it's something I've been asking everybody uh james earl jones as darth vader right yeah uh did he have a little bit too much african in his voice i feel like he did like i feel like he didn't sound like darth vader he sounded like mufasa i didn't notice or the dad from from uh coming to america like he's he i didn't notice yeah i feel like you're gonna watch it now and you're gonna notice but like i noticed a tidbit of it the way he talked and then, like, that's all I could hear the entire time was, like, it sounded like a South African dude, like, talking. Was he actually in the suit? No, definitely wasn't in the suit, but okay. he was just doing the voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> Would that make a difference? Would that? No, I was <laughs> just curious. Like, oh. Because, <laughs> like, before, you know, in the original, he wasn't in the suit either. He just did the voice. It was some other, like, big bodybuilder guy. So yeah. I just didn't know if, because in this movie, he like, the part, the only part that he talks 
it's just like a headshot. So that's why I was saying, like, I mean, he could have actually been in the suit and done the headshot. What's the matter? You're in a fucking mask. It doesn't matter who they put in it. <laughs> what a cool question, though. It's like, James Earl Jones, we just need you for another voiceover. Good. Can I wear the suit this time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess you can, but we don't need you to. <laughs> I would like to be inside the suit. <laughs> uh, well, you're James Earl Jones, so I guess you can do whatever the fuck you want. I heard, he, I heard that dude's a dick anyway. I James Earl Jones? Yes, big time. Huge huh. dick. I've never heard. I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't know anyone that's ever met any celebrities, I don't think. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> but I don't think they get anywhere near Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard bad things about him. Uh, the, think- uh, the people that did uh, Parks and Recreation, they came here to film on location a few times because that show was supposed to take place in Indiana. Oh, nice. So they they filmed around here. They mentioned my town in Parks and Rec. They say Martinsville. The guy on the show, Jerry, that they're always fucking with. Right. They accidentally leave him at a gas station in Martinsville in the show. Like they get, they get back to Pawnee, and they're like, "Where's Jerry at?" And they're like, "Oh shit, we left him at that gas station in Martinsville. That's where I live, Martinsville." And you're like, "Which one? I'll pick Which him one? up." <laughs> he probably went to get a. Uh, what the fuck is that thing called? A polar pop. A polar pop at the Circle K up the road. <laughs> Do you know what a polar pop is? No, but like so that was probably polar... the most Indianan thing you ever said. Like <laughs> I probably went to get a polar pop at the Circle K. So we got these listen, we got these pol- these things they call them a polar pop. They're like a uh fuck it's huge. They're like a forty-four ounce drink. And they come in a white cup and they got blue on them and it says polar pop. And you can buy these mugs, and then for life, as long as you keep this fucking mug, it's like a eighty-seven cent free refill. <laughs> okay. And people buy them in town, and like we have, like this one that's in town, I could drive you down there. Behind it, there's four mini barns behind this gas station, and each of those mini barns is just full from floor to ceiling with cups of Polar Pop cups. Wow. And I, the last I heard was we this this gas station up the road does more polar pops than anywhere in the United States. <laughs> Not that I'm proud of that. Like it's just forty four ounces of just pure sugar shit that you know makes you three thousand pounds, but it is what it is. So it's pop, pretty funny. The, the pop you go down there in like the summer and you soda. got a bunch of hillbillies that are barefoot, like dirty barefoot, walking out of there with like four polar pops. Really? Like yeah. why don't they just buy like a twelve pack or something? I don't know, man. It's a thing. Good for them, man. So yeah, the pop is soda. Here, I'll drive you over there. You get a polar pop. Do you call it? Do you call it pop? Is that a, is no? That that's a, just the. That's actually the name of it. Yeah, but like, pop. do you do you call soda pop? No, I call it. Uh, give me a soda or give me a coke. I usually say coke because I okay. drink coke. Okay. I say coke regardless, even for Dr Pepper. It's like let me get a coke. And I always like Dr. Re- like you go to a restaurant and you're like, hey, I'll have a coke. We don't have coke. I like physically like they can physically see me go. <sighs> Because I have, and they're like, yeah, I know. Like, everybody gets it. Like, nobody likes Pepsi. I don't really know why Pepsi's still around, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, fucking, I like that one stand-up comedian. He goes, he goes, uh, can I get a Coke? He says, is Pepsi okay? He goes, no, is fucking Canadian money okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, give me something else. Like, Jesus. He's like, he's like, can we have Coke and Pepsi in the same fucking place, please? Yeah, well, that's like, why they have Dr. Pepper because everybody that serves Pepsi has to have Dr. Pepper because that's the go-to. It's yeah. like, oh fuck, you serve Pepsi, I will hit up the doctor. Just give me the Dr. Pepper. 
<laughs> the only reason Pepsi's even around is for because Mountain Dew. You think? Because they, they own Mountain Dew. Yeah, they M- own Mountain Dew and they own Gatorade. MLG. Yeah. I, I actually prefer Powerade to Gatorade. Wow. Shots fired. Well, because I'm on this uh, low carb diet, the low this low carb Gatorade is like zero carbs. The the low car or the sorry the low carb Powerade is like literally zero carbs, so I can like drink it. Where the low carb Gatorade, the Gatorade, uh, whatever the fuck it is, it's still full of sugar and shit. It's not still not good for you. Hmm. Zero, I think is what it's called, something like that. I forget what the the difference in, but the Powerade one is actually something you can drink if you're on low carb. The the low carb Gatorade isn't really that low carb. Hmm. Okay. It's G two. That's what it is. The Gatorade's the. G2. That's right. Yeah. 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 My dad works for Gatorade Bottle Company, so I can get like as much fucking free Gatorade as I want. They have Gatorade machines in the plant. You don't <laughs> even put money in. You just walk up to it, hit the button, and Gatorades come out. <laughs> so you're like you're like. I, I could enjoy Gatorade and get it for fucking free. I like the taste of it. It's fine. Like, I just I just don't drink it. <laughs> That's how much I prefer Powerade. Is... No, I don't. Like I said, it's more on the the lifestyle I'm currently living. I gotcha. 10-4. Didn't taste. Anyway. Let's move on, dude. Let's let's move on to some, some baked goods talk. How about that? How about we talk about baked goods? It's baked goods and 30k wrapped into one. Yeah, dude. Let's 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 talk about that. So, for those of y'all that didn't know, or that don't follow us on Facebook and all that, you just listen to the podcast and everything like that. Probably, I would say maybe three months ago, two mo- two and a half months ago, we asked you guys for your FAQ questions, and so we we requested on our Facebook page that you submit whatever FAQ questions you had and we'd gather them together and then send them off to forge world. And, uh, so we did that. We, we did definitely send that email off originally and we got no response back, which I mean, they get, they get hammered all the time with, uh, responses. So we, I mean, it was, it was a shot in the dark. So I think one episode, me and Ryan, we actually talked about the barber. I think we've talked about barbershop quartetting them, you were talking about ways to get him to listen, and I jokingly said barbershop quartet. And then you kind of ran with the joke and were serious, and then I was like, we shouldn't send him a barbershop quartet. That would probably just piss him off. Yeah, that probably just be it, like a dick I move. think it mold. Like, I think then you were like, well, maybe... I don't know who came up with the... I didn't come up with the cake idea, but somebody did. It was probably you, but I don't know. Yeah, so we ended up sending them six cakes. Um, six... Five of the sheet. cakes had... Yeah, sheet cakes. Five of the... Each could feed 22 people is what i was told so a lot of cake like uh what's that like 120 something people get fed off of that yes yeah 132 people get fed off the cake so we sent them six cakes uh five of them had faq questions and then one was just a straight up um just a straight up like you know a thank you basically to forge world like saying hey we, we enjoy what you do and all this jazz uh, we understand that you probably got a ton of emails, but in this case, we're just trying to reach out to you guys and get some response back. So we took all these FAQ questions for y'all, and if you see the cakes, you're going to see that the FAQ questions we actually put on the cakes are like summarized FAQ questions because very we abbreviated. Wanna, yeah, yeah, they're like very abbreviated 
questions we threw on there. And really, those were not the full questions y'all submitted. They were just there to get the attention. Like, this this needs to be identified. But we followed up, and we actually sent them an email with the full questions. And I mean, like, Ryan actually went through these questions and, like, straight up gave Forge World, like, page numbers that they could reference and everything. Like, just hands down made it super easy to almost say like yes or no to each question and like like how do you handle you can't this? give them you can't give them wiggle room well i've seen too many times people ask questions and they ask them in a way which i mean to me it makes sense but they may not if they don't go like i don't know i don't I guess I feel like sometimes they don't see the problems the way the gaming community sees them because to them the answer is obvious because I guess they wrote the rules. Right. So they don't see what the actual question is. So they just like quickly glance at it and go, well, yeah, of course it's this. But they're not like the perfect example was in the 40, in the original 40K FAQ question questions. Somebody asked, can you look out, sir, stomp attacks? And they just replied, yes. But that didn't answer the question that the community was asking. The question that the community was asking was, can you look out, sir, the role of a six on a stomp attack where you're just removed and you're not actually dealt wounds? That's <laughs> what everybody was wanting to know. But because they just said yes, it didn't actually answer the question because the way look out, sir, works is if you take a wound, then you're allowed to look out, sir, attempt. The problem is on a roll of six, you don't take wounds, you're just removed. Right. So then when they put the FAQ up for people to, you know, reply to that people like replied to it. It was like, this doesn't actually answer the question, whatever. And then if you look at the actual new FAQ, the permanent one, it did actually get addressed. Super. But the, the question, in my opinion, wasn't asked properly to begin with the way the question should have been written was on a roll of a six of a stomp attack. It removes you from play. Can this be lookout served, even though it doesn't deal with wound? You see what I'm dealing that, with, guys? You see what I'm talking about when I say Ryan took the question you probably sent in, probably didn't even think that it was too vague, and he took that question, and he took it to the next level and made sure that it was asked properly. So I'm so proud of you, Ryan. You did so good. <laughs> I went through, like, I, I it took was, forever. I was like, oh, here's, let's, here's the manifesto we're going to send off to, uh, I called it a technical document. Yeah. <laughs> I got made fun of, people. Michael was making fun of me. Text love, let me go and send Forge World this technical document. They can figure out how to play their game. Like They're going to look at it and go, oh, I didn't even know this was possible. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for looking so much into the rules. But I, I put all the page number references, what book it's in, and all that, so maybe they'll take it serious and go through and see what we're talking about. And I gave them examples of everything where it's very clear as to what the, like the, the actual meat of the matter of what we need clarification on. So we haven't heard anything back, guys. Uh, we did that. They got delivered on Friday. Uh, I did check. Oh, I was watching the Warhammer 40K uh, Twitch stream that they had going on, and I mentioned the cakes, and they did say they did get them, and they were in the uh, Warhammer community office or something like that, getting pictures taken all that stuff. So... I don't know. I don't know if they actually even got eaten yet. Like it kind of sucks because I feel like they haven't been eaten yet. I don't know how. I don't know how long cakes last. It's probably like a. Um, depending on when they were baked. I mean, they'll last 
a, a while. Like my wife will bake a cake on like a Thursday and then decorate it on Friday and then it gets picked up Saturday and then usually eaten. So, I mean, if those cakes were made, cause the way I understand it, they made them the, like the, the, day, the day before, before they yeah. delivered them. So they'll be good for a couple of days. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully they get to actually eat them. Like, and then if you refrigerate it, it lasts a little longer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're going to refrigerate them. I don't honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's, when they don't last is when you break the icing, like when you cut into the icing uh-huh. and then air gets to the actual cake inside, it dries out really fast. But as long as it's like sealed with the icing or whatever, it actually keeps the cake inside pretty moist. That's yeah. So I'm hoping, man, I'm, I'm hoping it's good and delicious whenever they're like actually eating it. You put the you put the actual questions, the ones that we sent off on our Facebook, right? If people want to see them, yeah. So if you're concerned about what questions we actually uh, did put on there, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, and we'll have 100 percent like you'll you'll be able to see every question we sent off and the wording that was used for it and all that jazz. I know there I know there was some concerns so. Uh, there was a, a few individuals who had, had mentioned that I, they didn't think that we got to the meat and potatoes of what needed to be asked. But uh, I think they only saw like the example from that one cake. So, yeah. So, so yeah, guys, the cakes were really just to get their attention and, and try to get a response. And then we actually sent them a corresponding email that we want them to look at and yeah. respond. So, as soon as we get something back from that, guys, we will definitely let you guys know. You'll be the first to know. If you like, if you don't want to wait for the podcast, you can go to our Facebook page and check us out there, and you can definitely find out on that. Uh, however, um, kind of, I don't know, man. I, yeah, it's gonna be quick just to go to Facebook. I don't, I don't yeah. remember where I was going with the however. <laughs> I like, uh, okay, I, I flaked out. <laughs> Are you having a stroke, Michael? <laughs> so, so yeah, man. We've got those cakes sent out for you guys. Um, we're going to have to one-up it next time. Like, we're going to have to up the ante. I don't know what we're going to do this next time around, but we'll figure something out. Um, I think it goes... I think next step is pajamagrams. I think that's what we decided. <laughs> Sin Alan Sin Bly, Bly pajama, pajamagram and, like, a bubble pipe. <laughs> and some fine chocolates. Yeah, if we get sin like we're, we'll uh we'll keep it going, man. And like, then it's the and then it's the barbershop quartet, and then it's straight strippers. Like the last <laughs> one is strippers with henna tattoos of the questions <laughs> on their naked bodies. And like and you could eat sushi off of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have to figure out like what the ratio of preference to male and female strippers is and send them both because we don't want to discriminate. Yeah, for sure. So like we'll like if we can get Pat, like so, I think the golden thing there was getting the receptionist to agree to accept the cakes, because she was right. like, she was like, you can send me as much cakes as you want, and I was like, done, perfect, I'll get the cakes sent out and all that stuff. So if we're like, I'm gonna send you, like, a male stripper, <laughs> can we get yep. other? It's, she's, yeah. yeah, sure. Or or female. What so if maybe we, into chicks, or okay. maybe a guy receptionist? <laughs> well, it was definitely a girl because I talked to her on the phone, but. Okay, so so strippers is obviously going to be like out of the question. Like that's not, I mean that's not going to happen. What? But I was just what? thinking, like, what about what about like if we hired a masseuse to go over there and like massage? That's dirtier than a. That's like touchy. Like I, I think that's worse than a stripper. So it's like it's like hey, we got you massages. Like these people are going to come in. These are professional massage therapists. They're going to come in. 
They're gonna and, massage and, you and like whisper. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, <laughs> Creepily, creepily rub oil on Alan Bly's back while whispering FAQ questions There's to gonna him. Be like, they're going to be like rubbing his back. Like, is, it, does, is this right here? Is this a good spot? Okay. Yeah. Good. Nah. Good. Does the, that, does the porphyron that is, get to choose? That is far creepier than just having <laughs> bare tits in your face. <laughs> just just rubbing his shoulder, just whispering in his ear. Hey, real quick. Uh, so the porphyron, does he get household ranks? Or is, that, <laughs> is he a Lord of War choice? I mean... You don't have to answer right now. <laughs> just, just say it. Say it into this recorder. <laughs> uh, if they were in a country where prostitution is legal, we could just send prostitutes. They're in the UK, so I, I don't, don't think it's legal. Sorry, Forge World. We'll try again next time. So yeah, guys, if you hear us talking about cakes, that's what we're talking about. I think on our last podcast we mentioned I was having trouble getting baked goods sent. That's what we were talking about. Sending sending baked goods internationally. Oh, I'm glad it got done. I'm glad that they responded, uh, at least on their little channel, in a positive manner to it. Thought it was cool. So hopefully it worked. Yeah, hopefully they do. Like, you know, I'm not even in it for like the recognition. I just want them questions answered, <laughs> especially the melted bomb ones. Yes, guys, the melted bomb question is in. Well, I don't even. Here's the thing: <laughs> the one that's vexed me the longest, that's drove me more crazy than any of them, is the damn name dreadnought going in dreadnought drop pod. Oh, mijo, because you love Cassian Dracos. It's not, it's just, it's like, how hard is it to answer that question? Like, how many emails do I have to write? It's been since that damn Badab book came out. <laughs> that's, how, that's how long it's been. I send it like an email a year. It's like a yearly thing. It's like, uh, it's February 12th again. Better write that damn email. <laughs> <laughs> Better print up my email so I can. <laughs> <laughs> Super good. So yeah, hopefully we get some answers. Hopefully something comes out of it. Uh, anyway, moving on from cakes, man. Going straight into hobby progress. I know what you've been working on. Why don't you tell everybody what you've been working on? Black shields. Sexy ass black working. shields, dude. Probably the coolest black shields I've ever seen with the most amount of conversion work, like Forge World wise. You put so much work into them, man, and I just want to let you know I'm super proud of you because they look Super fucking good. Thank you. If I could, if I was your dad, I'd pat you on the back and say, "Son, good job." That's, <laughs> and I'd walk away, and you'd be like, "Thanks, Dad." That's what. <laughs> that's that's where we'd be right now. Because like, <laughs> what, what your your parts list is like, Sons of Horus bodies, right? Uh, yeah. It's it's bodies not it's not an easy like parts list at all because you got sons of Horus bodies and legs, you have uh, berserker heads, heads that, that you that have, have to been trim down, down. and yep. then you and have nightlord heads and nightlord heads and nightlord heads. Then you have pop goes the monkey shoulder pads. Yep, on both sides. Not you got like two separate sets of shoulder pads to go on each shot in each side. Yep, and then then I have a a bunch of different arms like arms from. Most of them are calf plastic arms. Right. Um, some of them, just various Mark IV arms. And then I have pistol holsters, because every guy is armed exactly. Like, every dude is armed, like, wussy wig, like 100%. So every dude has, like, uh, like this guy here. You can see he's got a holster, so it's one of the calf plastic holsters on there. Yeah. It won't focus. And then on the... On the the, the ones that have shotguns actually have the sturdy shotgun on their back. 
No there, shit. Oh yeah, because black shields can take shots. And there's the pistol holster, and then the, the, everybody's got grenades. See, I don't know. You see the grenades? There's eh, eh, there's grenades right there underneath his armpit there. But see, this guy's got his pistol, his shotgun, and his chain axe. Mm. And then the some I mixed it up so some of them actually have the shotgun holding it, and then have the pistol holstered, and then have the chain axe where the shotgun is normally. Where'd you get the starty shotgun? Where'd that come from? It's just a, it's a kit. It's for the recon marines because they can take shotguns. So okay. it's just like you can buy them just like you can like flamers or whatever. Yep. And then like uh, my reaver lord is like Loken, Loken's leg and cloak, legs and cloak, and then like an assault marine torso, and then some forty k power fists I cut apart and converted with some calf lightning claw bits, and then like a reaver backpack and a carn head. And then pop goes the monkey shoulder pads, stuff like that. It's fucking nuts. We'll go ahead and post a picture dump of Ryan's stuff so far. So I finished my chaplain. I have a chaplain with a boarding shield and a uh, his crozius is an axe. And then I have a uh, my reaver lord is done, and he's supposed to just have a power fist lightning claw. But the, I didn't want like a power fist and a lightning claw. So what I did is I just built both hands to look like a mix of a lightning claw and a power fist. So he's like, so it's symmetrical, but it's supposed to represent a power fist lightning claw. And then, um, I have an apothecary. This is just a standard apothecary. And then I just did my, a generic guy as a test model. He's just a generic marauder. And then I did a marauder with a banner. Um, he's just going to be a generic squad member guy, but I just wanted a cool looking marauder to be in my reaver Lord squad, like to like signify, you know, this is the, this is the, like, the command squad. Like, this is where the Reaver Lord hangs out. Here's my banner. <laughs> I just, I, I had to buy that, so I bought that Sons of Horus kit where it comes with the banner guy, right. and then the guy, like, holding the helmet in the crook of his arm with the axe, and the chaplain is made out of, I'm talking away from the microphone, because I'm reaching back for these guys, sorry. Um, the chaplain is one of the guys from the kit, and then the, this is the other guy, but they're just heavily converted. Yeah, they look good, dude. They look super solid. Yeah. You're gonna so this so chaplain happy. has like uh, some type of shield from one of the fantasy guys. It's a fantasy corn guy riding a juggernaut. And then the helmet is from the Minotaur's chaplain guy. And then it's the Sons of Horus like officer dude from that command kit with a reaver backpack and some type of Sons of Horus axe. And then Pop goes the monkey shoulder pads. Do it right, dude. Your your legion is looking great. Your black shields are looking great. They have awesome fluff. You have awesome models. You can't really go wrong with what you're doing right now. You're doing good, yeah. champ. You're doing good. Except I have to stop working on them, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, yeah, we will get to in a minute. So how about you? What do you have, Javi? Oh, I've been working on my Blood Angels, too. I shouldn't neglect to say that. Uh Pretty boring. I've just been doing some counter shading, but I'm doing like 20 models assembly line style. So I've went through and did all the counter shading on them, and I'm starting to go through and paint everything that's like black on them black, um, and doing all the joints in the armor and shit, and painted all their eyes. So I'm about at that process of these 19 dudes I'm working on. So kind of working on them at the same time doing my black shields. I love it, man. Uh. I'm working on my display board still. Um, I've got another tile done. 
So got those two doors cast up, got them glued down. Uh, I've got the holes drilled for the LEDs, and then I'm going to use, uh, what's it called, JB Weld to hold the actual pieces together. Uh, mm. Also working on the actual Warlord dead on the, yeah, I got the instant stuff. I should probably have used that, but. The two-part. Yeah, I've got the one that like you, you push down and like it, it immediately sets. I don't know. Uh, I got some stuff. I may or may not know a guy that works for a giant corporation that works in a stock room that has some uh, super legit, probably not available for public sale, industrial epoxy shit that could he could get to you. Uh, I don't trust myself with that because that sounds like, uh, <laughs> so, like <laughs> I, I get super glue on my shirt sometimes. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't really be controlled when it comes down to that. So I don't know. Uh, actually, right now. Derek is in the other room in the in our my like I don't know I, I have a living room and then I also have a room that's so I guess supposed to be a dining room it's like right when you walk into my house I don't know that's where my table is and that's like where he's set up right now we're building that building and putting a dead warlord in the middle of it so we're working on that well he is pretty right legit now. yeah so we drew everything out hopefully trying to make it playable but I I think it's just gonna be like a solid piece of like impassable terrain hey derek as soon as they get it done like drive to a random location and just leave it and then just drive away from it <laughs> oh did you when they ask where it's at go oh oh i don't know i seem to have left it somewhere damn <laughs> that sucks doesn't it why would he punish me like what the <laughs> fuck did i do <laughs> no <laughs> uh, i can't tell you dude. i can't tell you how like I know. Hold on. He's in the other room, but he also listens to the podcast. So I got to talk real low. I'm so happy to have Derek back in the hobby, man. He was out for so long, and now we just roped him back in. We got him, <laughs> Derek. I'm sure you're listening right now, but we're glad to have you back, bud. Well, I know you guys went to an event, and it was you and Aaron Gonzalez and what in the car? Because I called you and you put me on speaker, and I talked to all you guys coming back from the event, which was pretty cool. Yeah, Derek was painting Blood Bowl stuff while he was um, at the event because he, he wasn't sure about playing. There's a lot of people getting into 30K. My old GW sales rep, he just recently left GW and moved to Texas. He moved to Fort, like Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. And he moved to Texas, and, and he was like, hey, I'm, you know, I kept trying to get him into 30K while he was an actual GW employee. But for whatever reason, he wouldn't uh, do it. Well, he got down there, and he's like, "These somebody bought me a Prospero kit or a Calfbox or whatever. So he's like, they got me playing this and that. I'm going to play Thousand Suns. And we've been talking, you know, just text messaging. So um, I had to send him something anyway. So I threw a Leviathan Dreadnought in the box as a surprise. Just what for him to get it. fucking boss. And he's in he, Texas? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because he yeah, he's in Texas. So I put, I wrote, I had the instructions and I, I got the instructions out and I like marked out because it like, it, on the instruction of Leviathan, it says optional pieces and has the FoxFest launcher. So I like scribbled out optional and I wrote, this is not optional. Like, you know, big shit, like silly shit like that. And then like was writing silly stuff on the instructions, like just to make him laugh. And uh, so it's pretty cool. So he, he got the package and was thrilled with it. And I told him that you cannot be a member of the Texas 30K community and not own a Leviathan Dreadnought. So I sent him that to get him started so that he could do it right, right and proper in Texas. You'll only, so. you'll only be hurting yourself to be in Texas yeah. without a Leviathan. 
So if you're listening, I got to listen to the podcast too. So if you're listening, Pat, uh, thanks for being awesome. And I miss talking to you every week because I don't get to talk to you as much anymore, but it is what it is. Um, but I hope you enjoy your Leviathan and have a good Christmas. Yeah. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. I love it, dude. It's so good. Yeah. Spreading that Christmas cheer with Leviathans and making people more Texan. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, that's pretty much what we're working on right now. I'm super ready to get some, like, th- like I'm not being secret about this, like, table. So as soon as we get it to, like, where it's, like, decent amount of look to it, we'll get yep. some pictures posted up so you guys can see it. There's people... There was people talking about that at my game club last night that just listened to the show and heard you talk about it. Like, I can't believe you just like talking about you cutting up a mastodon and putting it on the table and how insane that was. And this now I'm like, Oh, he's cutting up way more stuff than that and putting it on that table. I'm like, it's not just the Leviathan. This is dude. Not. The guy I bought the Warhound from, from Canada. Cause I got, yeah. I got this Warhound right here. That's already fucked up. Right. Yeah. And I bought another Warhound from this dude in Canada who was selling one. And, uh, He's like, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I'll send it to you. I got to make sure I pack it real well. I said, like, don't worry about packing it real well. Like, don't go through the extra expense. I'm just gonna cut it up and use it as as a <laughs> terrain. <laughs> as terrain. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like I could like feel his like internal frustration. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Like, don't even don't even worry about it. Like, he's like, uh, he's like, well, he goes, I have this 3D printed Warhound. If you would like to like maybe consider Save some money. No, nah, bro. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, send. I want send, the real thing. Send me that big old chunk of resin, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to cut that sucker up. So, yeah, two two dead warhounds, dead uh, dead Mastodon, and a dead warlord that's going to be sitting throne style on his death on his death we found a, another guy that happened to be local that just heard about our club on facebook recently and hit me up so he came out for that the first time to our game club uh this saturday so that was pretty cool to get another new guy i love it i love it man dudes looking for dudes and it's so funny because he works uh excavating we used to, he uh helps uh run a uh dump truck company that we used to use their dump trucks He's like the manager of the gravel pit down there. We used to use their dump trucks for uh, when I worked excavating. So I was like, I'm like, oh, do you know Tony Perry? Like all this. This is pretty funny. You're like, oh, like, man, like, do, you, do you know him? Do you know this? It's like, yeah, you know how to run a. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because we were laughing because like all that ice, we were joking because somebody slid off the road and hit a concrete barrier on that the ice thing. And they literally went up onto the barrier and ripped the whole bottom of the car off, like the whole oil pan. Like, it's totaled, like 100% totaled. And he was talking about going out there with the loader, like their loader for the gravel pit, just pulling it off the concrete thing for the guy. <laughs> and as soon as they got it off, like all the like the engine and shit just like fell out of it. Like, he just said it was just total trash. So it's pretty funny. And he was talking about Battletech. Dude, that's what um, I was thinking. Like, I was wondering. Yeah, he said he never got to do it, but his dad and brother did. Because he's like the, I guess, younger than his dad and his brother, and I guess they used to go up all the time, father and son, and go up and play the BattleTech thing when it was downtown. And so he had them when we mentioned it. He went to them and said, "Hey, they were talking about this." And they were like, "He said that their eyes lit up like total nostalgia. Like, oh, I miss that so much. Pretty funny." <laughs> and he's probably like way better than them at it now because like he's like straight up like. Well, they his dad was the one that started the gravel pit. They're probably all good at it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> whole family of killers there it's like the it's like the, it's like 
taking on the Gracie family in a jujitsu match, but it's like construction guys in a battle mech match. <laughs> Dude, for real. That's that's it's like, like so... oh, we got all these dudes chewing tobacco with caterpillar hats on. We're fucked. <laughs> we should make a like we should like crowdfund like like that movie Last Starfighter where like they came and got that kid because like he <laughs> <laughs> like because he was able to play the video game really well like yeah. we'll make like we'll make a, a, a like a b movie where like there's all these battle techs from like a different planet they come pick up like all and of we our just like... go get like random construction guys <laughs> yeah. from like the midwest just to fuck them up it would be They're like all just like <laughs> it would be like <laughs> last starfighter meets what armageddon like it would like it'd be insane or was they're it all one? wearing they're all wearing flannel shirts, uh, Bass Pro hats, chewing tobacco, <laughs> <laughs> driving F one fifties, just like whipping these aliens' asses. Like I ain't traded day in my life, son. <laughs> all right, guys. So you can find our Kickstarter. <laughs> like, fuck, I'd watch that shit. He's so, so fucking dope. big old piece of dip in. <laughs> yeah. Opens up his little sh- like his face shield, <laughs> spits it out. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my spit cup? Never mind. <laughs> Just spit out the window. There's no fucking oxygen. Oh, so good. Yeah. Man, I'm totally excited about that movie. I don't even know what we're going to call it yet, but... <laughs> like, yeah. uh, so anyway... You don't want to mess with construction guys in the Midwest, man. If you want to get like fucked up in a bar fight, that's who you pick on. Because they're fucking tough, tough as shit. They're out in the cold weather every day. Just like lifting heavy shit, just doing shitty jobs. Like, dude, I'm legit. I'm like trying to figure out. Like, I'm legit thinking of how to make this work, right? And what I'm thinking is, like, maybe there was like some underground, like, blacklist project, like way back in the day, where like they did build all these like battle mechs and stuff, and then the project got scrapped, and it was so like it was so like underground and dark that there was like no. Like people completely forgot that we had this like battle mech program where they're building real life battle mechs, and then like one day like the Earth gets invaded and they're like, "What do we have to stop these? We got nothing." You know, we've already used our secret like stealth bombers and shit. It's like, what's this battle mech program? And they get in there and they're like, "I don't understand any of these controls. We're all digital now. What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> but we have five hundred mechs that we have to use. Well, what do the controls look like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they look like what is it? T ninety three. It's whatever. a nine sixty three cat track loader. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same controls as a nine sixty three cat track loader. <laughs> It'd be so fucking badass. And you have like all these like real life battle mechs. And, the like, best would be if the key to start them. Well, never mind. That's getting too deep. All caterpillar vehicles have a uh, like a, a battery shut off switch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they have this weird looking fucking key that's like, it doesn't look like a key. It's like got I know these two about. prongs that yeah, go we, in. Yeah, we use them, yeah. Okay. And uh, most construction guys have one on a key ring. With the, There's these little two little tits on the end that go out that, like, when you turn it into the on position, it's, it won't come out. Right. Everybody I know that's a legit operator grinds that shit off so you can turn it on and pull the key out. So <laughs> you'll, if you see some weird looking key on somebody's key ring and it's got those, like, it looks like it's been hit with an angle grinder on each side. That means they're probably a legit heavy equipment operator. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get one of those keys. I'm gonna have Josh fucking powder coat it for you. I'm gonna have him powder coat it. The caterpillar key. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna grind off the tips, and I'm gonna yeah. have him laser engrave psycho on there, and so you can wear it on him as like a necklace. <laughs> wear it on a necklace, <laughs> <laughs> so it could be like this secret like movie that never happened. <laughs> be so good. Uh.
That's fucking happening. Uh, <laughs> so that's happening. <laughs> you, you know I fucking follow through with shit, so you better get yep. ready. <laughs> yep, there's cakes to prove it. It's pretty funny, man. All right. So we got a voicemail, dude. We got a voicemail that is pretty pretty badass, actually. Okay. All right. You ready to listen to it? Are you all out there ready to listen to it? Because it's coming. I've not heard it, so I want to hear it. All right. Here it is. In just a second. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> right now. Good evening, brothers. This is Line Sergeant Kellyus, 36th Company, 13th Legion. I felt the need to speak to you about a problem that I've had for many months now. I have seek counsel with many groups and participants in our great community of the Horus Heresy. My question for you that I need guidance for is simply this. Have you ever been left alone for too long and felt the incredible urge to polish your bolter? Not just to make it a nice chromatic sheen upon the barrel, but to vigorously scrub every square inch until it feels as if you will release a load of seven five millimeter shells into the roof canopy of your barracks compartment. I must know this. I must know that I'm not alone. I feel that the world around me is filled with nothing but betrayal and tragedy. And I feel as if I would cave to my temptations that I would be a participant in such an utter debasing form of tragedy. Please let me know how you feel. Do you, in fact, polish your bolters as vigorously as I? I cannot tell if it is utmost maintenance or if it is an indulgence of the most severe kind. Thank you for your time. And may your aim forever be true. One in the head and two in the chest. As always, Sergeant Tillian out. So yeah, so so Sergeant Tillian wants to know if uh, you ever get the urge to overwhelming urge to polish your bolter, even though it's already clean. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. You can never polish it enough. There are times where I've like, I don't know, like hurt my hand or whatever, and I thought, man, there's just no way I could polish my bolter, but I found a way to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you just you figure yeah. out ways. You get you get you get crafty with it. Sometimes I feel like it's been polished so much the bluing's wearing off and it might need reblued. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that that's what we got. <laughs> I <laughs> so I know who Sergeant Tillian is. That's Rob Porter over at the Wolf Kid Podcast, guys. He's fucking hilarious. So good. Like, that voice is so good. <laughs> like so good. Like legit awesome. Um, what what uh legion do you think Sergeant Tillian is? So he's obviously loyalist. Thirteenth, dude. Thirteenth Legion, straight up. Like I you don't even have to ask. Like he, he's think he's an ultramarine? Uh, yeah. Guaranteed. I think he's Imperial Fist. Oh, you think he's Imperial Fist? I think he's Imperial Fist. I don't know, man. I feel like the Ultramarine yeah, either it could be either one. Both are pretty high. He polishes strong. his bolter while in the pain glove. <laughs> 
while in the pain glove. <laughs> it looks. I'm just as long as you don't polish like. Have you ever tried to polish off. your bolter while you're crying? It's like pick one or the other, son. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be at that all day. <laughs> you're gonna be there all day, one or the other. <laughs> Fucking great. So yeah, go check out Rob Porter over the Wolfkin podcast, man. He uh, he does have some sweet, sweet horse. They do talk horse heresy as well. Uh, I know they're both a 40k and a horse heresy podcast, but they do both. He just moved to Alaska, man. He's doing the he's doing it right. He's doing it real. Moved from Seattle. I want to go. I want to go. I've got a bunch of friends in Alaska, so we might we could we could. Play he has one together. of my favorite lines in podcasting history when that. Uh, hipster guy from new york was like i want to go to alaska and he immediately without skipping a beat went you would die in five minutes <laughs> yeah, i forgot about that <laughs> he's like yeah man i've always wanted to go to alaska uh you would die in five minutes <laughs> <laughs> that dude's like fuck <laughs> so good uh poor, poor guy so yeah go check out rob man he's fucking great he's uh you can actually catch catch him on uh, some of our past live live streams on the uh, Forgotten Legion 30K channel. Uh, but it's funny, dude. Funny, dude. So what do we got next on the list here? What What is next on the list? Porphyron talk, man. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. I'm actually kind of – I've gotten a lot of questions like that have been floating around our group. So I'm wondering if you're getting the same questions, Ryan. Like, have have you discussed it during your game night or no? Somebody just asked me what I thought about it. Um, I think it's easily probably the best night now. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, it it doesn't have close combat capability other than stomps. So, I mean, you can just tie it up in combat. Beat the fuck out of it with a, a Cortis, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's still going to have the same <laughs> stuff there, but the fact that it has no D weapon makes it fairly susceptible to a lot of things that, like, so, like, if I would be leery of, like, solo charging, um, like, Petarab or somebody with an unwieldy weapon, like, right. into a knight, because you're going to eat all those uh, D attacks to the face. Right. Or even if you had it in a bodyguard unit, like say you had, you know, Petarabo and some Siege Tyrants, you know, you're going to lose a lot of those Siege Tyrants, like, you know, at least two or three of them, which are 50 point models apiece to those D weapons before you even get to swing yep. with that strength 10 hammer. Where this thing, you're going to swing simul. I mean, it's still going to get to try to stomp and remove you to fish for sixes on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as, but as far as uh, at least you're still going, you're not going to like, lose anybody to its like bullshit kicking attacks that are ap dash right also let's talk about that why is a knight or a dreadnought even if they don't have a quote-unquote dreadnought close combat weapon why like it's weird that monstrous creatures are ap2 but like a knight kicking you isn't (laughs) yeah i always laugh at that i'm like whenever i'm hitting my death blossom at somebody i'm like okay it's strength eight four attacks oh man and they go and grab their models like no 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 you get your armor safe. <laughs> it's AP dash. It yeah. it hurts like a motherfucker, but I'm not. You're fucking, all right. I'm not liquefying you inside that armor. Don't so, worry. 
I mean, but it, it's it's just very it's going to be very tough to shoot to death at range. It's it's the toughest night probably to shoot to death at range. Uh, let me go over the profile real quick. Okay. <clears throat> so if you haven't seen the Acasis Knight pour fire on, uh, it is four hundred ninety five points, weapon skill four, ballistic skill five, strength ten, front armor fourteen, side armor thirteen, twelve rear armor, three initiative, three attacks, eight hole points. Um, it's a super heavy walker, clearly. Uh, it's got a twin-linked magna cannon, last cannon, two twin-linked, two. La- two, I'm sorry, two twin-linked magna last cannons, two auto cannons, which can be upgraded to last cannons, or IRAD cleansers, uh, an iron storm missile pod, and an ion shield. So uh, straight up, the ion shield is the four-plus save that it gets where you get to choose a side, just like every knight has. Yep. Uh, the magna last cannon is 72-inch range, strength 10, AP2, ordnance 2, large blast. So not only is it twin-linked, five-inch yeah. blast, you get two shots per arm, so you're getting four shots at strength 10, AP2, five-inch blast. I mean, it's definitely solid whatever you're fucking shooting at. It's, like, super... Actually, how many points is a Medusa, now that I think about it? A Medusa is, like, 145 points. So, so yeah, you're, you're definitely already breaking the bank if you were to buy four Medusas. Yeah, yeah it's more... Yeah. yeah. It's very cost-effective, and on top of that, you get the uh, Iron Storm Missile Pod, which is 72-inch range, Strength 6, AP4, Ordnance 1, Massive Blast 7-inch. Yep. So get fucked, Tim's Thralls. <laughs> or-, <laughs> <laughs> or my militia guys, or any Solar Exilla. <laughs> Just- Actually, who's, who's fooling anybody? I've never seen a Solar Exilla guy with any infantry models. Yeah, especially not on the field. <laughs> Sorry, all your Thalax. You're going to get some massive blasts. So, Strength 6, AP4. Uh, then it's got the option of upgrading to Helios Defense Missiles, which are 60-inch range, Strength 8, AP2, Heavy 2, Skyfire, Interceptor. Are they AP2 or AP3? That's AP a big difference. AP2. Okay. So, it's one of the better... Skyfire. Yeah, Skyfire weapons in the game. For all those... Might be the best. All because those... I don't think any anybody... I don't think any other... Like weapons that just have Skyfire in their profile or AP two, I think they're all AP three. Yeah, without not going to like stuff that's mounted on a fucking uh... plane. Yeah, I mean obviously there's things on a plane, or you yeah. can give things in or like a, a Skyfire. But just as far as like, because I the the ones that are like the whirlwind launchers, the ones that are on the tarantula batteries, or you can put on the back of a whirlwind. I believe right. those are AP three. I can I can cannot confirm that i have to pull the book up the hyperios launcher i was thinking of I, the, I was thinking like icarus batteries but no well, those are ap4 and then the, oh the last can yeah i guess yeah. there is the icarus last cannon on yeah. the aegis line but it's just a single shot that thing's uh, two shots two shots not yeah. twin linked and bliss go five so you're hitting on twos right so it's probably the best now it doesn't it doesn't have a 360 degree arc though it's whole mounted so it's going to be a very limited fire arc like we always talk about that's 90 degree arc right 45 45 yeah even though it's on top of the night like yeah it's just 45 so it's pretty narrow damn okay i mean you're gonna have that thing way back because it's guns shoot so far so i mean the further you get away you know the the wider it's going to get in when they come in but it's really on where they stop their model not where they enter the board from so depending on what deployment is it's going to be fairly easy to stay out of that if the person knows what they're doing yeah so uh, as far as the intercept 
So that works out. Uh, other than that, man, it can be upgraded with the ocular augmentics, which will give it uh, night vision, and it can re-roll results of a one on the vehicle damage table and destroyer weapon attacks table, which are inflicted by their shooting attacks at a range of 12 inches or less. Hyperios missile launcher is AP3, what? so you can't get an result. May re-roll the results of a one on a vehicle damage table and destroyer weapon attack table? When are you ever using the destroyer weapon attack table for it? For for what? I guess read, the, read the rule again. Sorry, I was looking the at the night system. has the night. Okay, if you if you buy ocular augmentics, you get yep. the night vision special rule, and you get to re-roll results of a one on the vehicle damage table and destroyer weapon attack table. So I guess I just copy and pasted the the rule. Yeah, what, I mean, I don't understand your question. Like both of those are valuable things. Yeah, but you don't have any destroyer weapons on this Porphyron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just because the war gear is listed that way. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. okay, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, it's like, is yeah, there something... That, that war gear is not specific to him. It's just that they... Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he doesn't have any D on him. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I actually... That's only a 10-point upgrade. Does that seem like something you... Anything over 12 inches, you get to re-roll ones on the damage. Over 12 or under 12? I thought it was under 12. Which are inflicted by the shooting range at range of 12 or less. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't yeah. buy that shit. Fuck that. Well, night vision is decent. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a... Like, I don't hate the upgrade. It's not a must-have. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it's a must-have, like, on an Atropos. Because it's, like, D-gun is, like, shoot for short range anyway. So, like, if you're... Depends on the night, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because certain ones are going to be up close and personal anyway. Yeah, this dude, you're not really moving. And I guess if he does get some boys on him, yeah, I could definitely see it working out. Like, if you get some... Like, I would love you, to see... You fight this thing exactly like you fight a Warhound or a Reaver. So any tactics that work against fighting Warhounds or Reavers, you're going to do the same thing against this thing. Yeah, I would much rather see this on the board over a Warhound, though. I love the way these look so much more than the Warhound. And it's so yeah. much cheaper. I don't know. I like the Warhound a lot. The Mars pattern Warhound is very cool looking to me. Really? I like the Lucius yep. pattern. <laughs> the square, the square shoulders. The square ones with all the rivets in it. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's my probably my favorite model coming out of G-Dub minus the fire on hmm. right now. I'll get you a Mars pattern Warhound for your, for your birthday. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. So we had a bunch of questions come up on the, household ranks and how that works like honestly that seems like it's gonna just have to be a cake question because i honestly yep. don't know yeah like, i know i mean like you said it's gonna have to be faq'd i mean they obviously because of the well go ahead and read what it is but but it, the way it's worded it, it says you can't take these two specific ranks right so it says to me that they obviously intend for you they want you to take ranks to with take it. a rank yeah they just but you can't take the two that they said but because they say it's a Lord of War choice and yep. all the ranks are tied to a specific slot. Right. It, it's it it can contradicts itself. So you it, can't take it as a fast to make it a whatever and also be a Lord of War. Yeah. So it says straight up the Acastus Knight Porphyron may be taken as a Lord of War choice in a Mechanicum Tegmata or Knight's Questorus army. Okay. So right. you're taking it as a Lord of War choice, which your household ranks determine what your choice is for 
your Questorus list. Right. So, like, if you take a uh, Scion Marshal or whatever, then you're, like, what? I guess. Heavy HQ, I think. HQ choice or whatever. Yeah. So it's And says, then an, an Arbalester is, like, a heavy support heavy or whatever. Heavy support, yeah. And there's no rank for Lord of War. Like, there's no, like, this rank is the Lord of War rank. Yeah. I'm thinking it might be both. Like, you, you like, he counts as both troop and lord of war i think that could be like i don't know i'm just speculating right but but it does say he does have the household rank special rule which is questorus only so that would be for questorus army only yep. and then when used as part of the questorus knight crusade army list the model is subject to the household rank special rule which may grant it an alteration to its basic profile and additional special rules as shown in the questorus knight crusade army special rules but may not be chosen for that for the rank of Scion Aspirant or Scion Ulan. So Okay. So Aspirant is the one that's minus 35 points that gives it shittier weapon skill, ballistic skill, and, sh- and save. That's a troop choice. Right. And then um, the Ulan. Ulan is the scout one, the one that lowers its front armor by one and makes it have scout and hit and run. Yeah, it makes it bugging naked. Yeah. It's like the, the what do you call it? The, yeah. The way I would play it um, as of right now is just take it as the Lord of War because you're a lot of single Lord of War, so you're only ever going to be able to take one of these. Right. Um, unless you play... Does it specifically say... Does it just say Mechanicum Army? or Because mecha- could you take one... Because like, like Order Reductor has two Lords of War slot. So could you take two of these in a, in a, tag, or in a Reductor Army? Uh, it only says Mechanicum Tagmata or Quistorus. It does not say... However, inside... I thought... But, is, but I'm pretty sure that the Ordo Reductor is just... It's still a Tagmata army, right? I don't know the difference. No, no. I mean, I'm not... You have Tagmata, then you have uh, Ordinatus. Like, you, you have Reductor, you have Tagmata. Like, they're, they're all different. And Cybernetica? Yeah, they're, they're all different okay. army lists. So they're distinct. However, okay. inside of... like, and it, it could say this inside of the actual... I, I, can, I can pull it up right now. But if you actually look at the like Age of Darkness book, like if you're like, oh, well, this sucks, I can't take one for my Space Marines, well, not necessarily, because inside the Space Marine War Detachment, it says take it from a Questorus list. Take it from a Questorus Knights Army list. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Yeah. So if, yeah, Marines can take it. So I'm wondering if that's the same thing for like Order Reductor and all that jazz. Well, yeah, but that's all, that's one of our Kate questions because we ask if you can if those updated because if you read that section of that Marine book, it says these are the updated Age of Darkness Lord of War rules. So to me and to most people who read that and really look at it in depth, it seems to be an update to the entire system, mm-hmm. not just for Space Marines. Even though it is located in a Space Marine specific book, it seems to be an update for everything. But that's one of the FAQ questions we sent in to get confirmation on. Let me see if that like is part of that wording. Forge world, eat your cake. <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking it is. I'm thinking it's like not, it doesn't even have to be part of the updated. I think you still <coughs> from the Questorus. No, no. The new red, the new Mechanicum red book came before the Questorus Knights list, right? Yes. Never mind. All right. So yeah. Well, the Mechanicum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, War Machine so Detachment. Anyway. Uh, nope, yep. 
War Machines are available as Lord of War choices for the Tugmata list, including various classes of Imperial Knights, Mechanicum indentured variants of which have been provided as part of the army list. Note that these do not utilize household rank system for the Questorus Knight army list. Oh, no. Yeah, so the Mechanic ones, they have to choose straight from the ones that are in their own book. Yeah, yeah. But that Marine army came out well after that Mechanicum one you're looking at. Right, well, I was... so that's what I'm saying. Like, if that one in the new Marine book replaces the Lord of War thing for the entire system, it would also replace the one you're looking at for mechanic. Yeah. That's why it needs cleared up. It's written so squirrely. Well, apparently the they Order got- Reductor, because it says the Order Reductor also has particular access to its own variants of Imperial Super Heavy Tanks used during the Great Crusade, while using units from other Forge World publications to represent the wider range of Arcane War engines. So, I don't know, man. We'll have to find out. That just means you can't take it as a War Machine detachment with, yeah, uh, with I, Questor. I don't know. It's confusing. It's just like there's a bunch of... There's so many books and so many rules. Look, like, Forge World, I just want everybody to have a profile on, okay? Just make it happen. Well, I don't see... There's no reason why you can't take it for every army. I mean, the profile in itself covers Mechanicum armies and... um knight armies and then the then the marine army list says obviously you can take it in a marine army and then if those updated rules go for everybody which we think it does then you could also take it in a solar ox or a militia army sweet i'm a tree like a warhound if i see it on the table i know right so anyway that's a porphyron man uh, do you want to go over the household ranks? Do we want to talk about them a little bit? We kind of had a little discussion. Like, you didn't want people to fall into the Hour Blaster trap, as you called it. Well, I mean, I'm not, it's not a horrible option, but I I think it's the one that everybody's going to go, oh, I want to give it Tank Hunter. And I just, I, I don't think that that's the best option for it, personally. Just because it's twin linked off the bat, or... Why well, it's twin link. Is, no, is, twin link doesn't matter. It's just that it's already strength ten ordnance, so you're rolling two dice and choosing the highest of the two dice. Right. So tank hunter just lets you re-roll that, but you're getting four strength ten AP two hits of rolling two dice, choosing the highest. Mm-hmm. The other good thing about arbalester is it gives you skyfire if you stay still, which I don't think you'll move too much anyway. My thing is, it already has skyfire on its missile launcher. If you take those missiles. If you take the other ones that are blast, you can't skyfire a blast weapon. Would you would you the, ever take the non-skyfire missiles now that I think about it? Um I really because it seems like he could like be the fact that it's a super I, heavy. I, I personally would always take the skyfire missiles. I think it's too good of an upgrade because it's usually when you have a knight or something like that, one of your biggest fears is flyers. And and it's pre that's like one of the, like we just talked about, as far as just a ground weapon that has Skyfire, it's the best one that I've seen. And are you upgrading to the last cannons as well? Yeah, I don't... Why would you want auto cannons on the thing? Yeah, I don't know. Just the fact... I think the fact that it can... Because it's a super heavy and it can shoot wherever the fuck it wants. One last cannon here, one last cannon here, two blasts there, two blasts here. And then on top of that, it has these fucking Skyfire... Yeah, I don't see why you... And you gotta think it... Skyfire, when you shoot at ground targets, you, you need sixes to hit. Right. But it but it works on flyers and skimmers. Yeah. So it's not have a like whole jav- bunch of skimmers, but yeah. Well, there's javelins. There's normal land speeders. There's the new uh, Custodes tank thing coming out. Uh, 
If you just want to nuke, no- if you just want to nuke poor little Lance Peters and shit, yeah. <laughs> just boom. Well, I'm just saying that it's there. You'd be surprised. I mean, they're, they're out there. Yeah. Good call. Um, uh, Dread Claws. Oh yeah, yeah, Dread Claws and Caribdi. What a uh, what household rank are you choosing for your poor fire run? To be honest, it's the normal, the normal troop one, just so it's scoring, because it's good to have one that sits back for backfield objective scoring. That's like tough to kill, hard to shift off an objective. It's free. I mean, I, the other ones that we talked about, like if you're wanting to, uh, let me open this thing up. I was looking at the missile launcher thing. Let me go back to this. So the other ones, like the Seneschal, gives it. Plus one weapon skill and ballistic skill. It's already BS5. So BS6 is just subtracting an extra one right. from its range scatter, but it's already twin links. You're getting to re-roll it anyway. It's not great. The weapon skill is, like we just talked about, it's AP dash anyway, so it really gives a shit. Um, adding plus one to its save is pretty good, but I, I mean, I have a feeling like, I mean, we've went over fighting knights all the time. Usually a, a person that is really good at killing knights are going to sneaky peat you anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? They're going to they're going to get around. The 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 ideal situation killing a knight is not letting it get its field save anyway. So and it's, you know, it's 50 extra points. I just feel like because that's a 0 to 1 choice for your seneschal, that's something you want to spend on something to get the most out of it that's has good shooting, good close combat and benefits from that shield save. Yeah. Yeah, no. like like a warden or like a a tropos or like a, a lancer or something like that. So the Lord Scion is basically everything that the Seneschal does without the shield save, which is the only useful thing for this. So that I think that's like a pointless one. I don't know why you'd ever do that. Plus uh, one weapon, ballistic skill. No, yeah, it yeah, makes sense. Um, so the preceptor gives it uh your entire detachment plus one to its reserve rolls. Um, and, uh, turn your headphones down, Michael, um, plus one to your reserve rolls. In addition, knights that are part of the same detachment and itself. So knights that are within six inches of it and, and the model itself gain the interceptor rule, uh, and may fire overwatch, uh, with any eligible weapons. So interceptor is pretty cool because like, it doesn't matter whether you're blast or whatever, you can always fire interceptor. But right. once again, because it's a Walker, it still is locked into that 45 degree arc on all of its weapons. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody plays a pod army, I mean, you're all your ships front firing in a 45 degree arc. So it's not going to be that hard just to land. Cause they're wanting to get in your side or rear to get the weaker armor anyway. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So it's, it, it's not, it's, it's okay. The Overwatch is pretty wasted on it because it can't Overwatch with any of its guns except for the two small chest-mounted guns. And then if you take the Skyfire missile launcher because it's not blast, it could Overwatch with that. So, yeah, you'd be snap-firing anyway, so I could definitely... It's not the greatest thing. Like, that's more of a rank for a uh, Acheron or something like that. Like, it's better spent on another night. Yeah. Um, So the one that I like on it is how do you pronounce this the a u c t e l l e r accu oculator ocular okay ocular sure. ocubundus 
<laughs> so the way this one works is after setup, but before the start of the game begins, uh, the owning player must specify one of the uh, one of the following as the knight's sworn enemy. Uh, you can pick the enemy warlord, a lord of war unit, other than a flyer, uh, a super heavy walker, uh, or ground vehicle. So it's basically a super heavy or a gargantuan creature. So basically it has to be anything taken as a lord of war, a super heavy walker or tank or gargantuan creature or the enemy warlord. If, if this model removes the last wound or hole point from the chosen model, then you instantly score D3 additional victory points. Yeah. So I guess the way I look at it, yeah, this thing just has a lot of, you know, nasty shooting. So let's just say they just have like some Praetor guy or whatever, you know, you get him out of his vehicle, whatever he's riding in, and then you just hammer the squad that he's in with all these giant strict 10 blasts and just kill that guy. And then you're like, ah, it's slay the warlord. There's a point. And then I get an extra D three points. I dig it. No, I mean, that sounds like, I mean, that's like really when you think about juggling victory points and all that stuff, you know, a lot of people kind of frown upon it, but that's like, that's, that is like guaranteed. You're going to kill somebody somewhere. You got this massive like sniper, you know, better than a Vindicare. Just boom, 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 boom. That guy's dead. I just paid 500 points for one victory point. I'm okay with that. Minimum one victory point. Right. Well, I mean, well, yeah, it's D3. But the cool thing is like certain things like already have price of failure attached to them. So let's say they took like a Typhon, you know, and you softened it up a little bit where it maybe only has like two or three hole points left. And then you hammer it with this thing and blow it up. And then you're getting D3 plus the price of failure, which is like another one or two on top of that. Right. You know, it could be good. Um, I'm just like, it's something that you can get the full benefit of this rank from this knight, basically. Hmm. So, you know, we should have, what what I forgot to put on the Kate question is if price of failure counts for every knight in a Questorus list. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Because it's price of failure is for Lords of War. And in a quest source list, they're not Lords of War. We just went over that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, here's the other thing. We just discovered that, like, I don't even know. This is like, remember when you were talking about no one knows about the, uh, what did you come up with? The Master of the Legion thing on the Herald. Yeah. Yeah. Did you realize that price of failure is only for two missions out of the six in the book? Out of the six basic mission, price of failure, I think, is only a secondary in two of those missions. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's it's not it's it says that price of failure these are the price of failure rules in any mission in which it's used and it'll be whatever. If you look through the basic missions, it's only used in two of the six basic missions, I believe. Hmm. We play with it all the time. Like all the time. <laughs> right. That's how we did. We used to play with it all the time. And then we actually like read the rule closely and I think it's uh, well, for one, it's only an Age of Darkness mission. So if you write custom missions, we I mean, you, yeah, we you can it, include yeah. it, but if yeah. you don't include it, it's not an auto thing. If you're coming to Stiff 3, it'll be on every mission. Like, just okay. don't even there ask. If, if, if you let Horace die, you're losing two victory points. It's happening. <laughs> but anyway, good. So the troop one is the Scion Marshal, which I talked about. So basically, it'll give this thing um, scoring. It gives it objective secured, which is actually better than scoring. This immovable rock. 
Right. So I actually like that one. It's free. That's probably the one I would mostly go with. Um, the oops, the Dolores Knight is basically built all around melee stuff, which this thing has no melee other than stomps and hitting you with AP dash attacks. So I would not make it a Dolores Knight. Plus the Dolores Knight uh, is if there's an eligible target to be charged, it must charge. So once again, like that's like the worst probably upgrade you could put on this thing. Heck yeah. Um, so the Arbalester is the one that we kind of talked about already. It gives you Tank Hunter and Skyfire. Um, the Skyfire thing, you're not really going to be able to use all that well because it either already has it on the missiles. If you go with the other missiles, they can't Skyfire because they are blast. And then the arm guns can't fire because they're blast. So it's really just the chest weapons that is gaining the benefit. Okay. So... 25 points for tank hunter on it it's not bad no but i mean getting score like getting objectives secured for free and plus the problem is like arbalester you're limited to i don't this one doesn't i guess there's no limit i guess you can have as many as you wanted i thought it used to have a limit maybe they took it off i just feel like there's better knights for this role because you're gonna have to have some scoring knights in your army anyway right and I feel like if you're wanting to have, like, if you make this thing an Arbalester and you're making other ones Arbalesters that fit the role better, you're just going to have less and less scoring guys. Okay. In your army. Does that make sense? Um, I feel like the Warden, any of the, the knights that are the normal Games Workshop shorter, stumpier plastic knights that can take the Carapace weapons are going to work work better with Skyfire. The one, like the best one, is the warden, because you can put the strength eight AP three missile launcher on its top that shoots three times, and then it's got that big twelve shot strength six AP three rending chain gun. So giving tank hunter to all of those shots, and giving all that sky fire, is really good. Hmm. Yeah, and then you have the backup port fire on missiles. Yeah, I right. Definitely, you'd be mean, mean to whatever comes up against you. So. I think that the, we talked about this one. I think this is actually an interesting choice is the last one, the, uh, the implacable scion implacable. So a knight with this special rule adds plus one to the results rolled on any building damage table as a result of its attacks. So if you shoot, like basically this thing's going to murder, it's going to be like essentially AP one shooting at buildings with all of its weapons. Right. Yeah. Which isn't, I mean, that's very obviously either mission dependent or if your opponent is just balls deep in fortifications, like it's I not going to come. I saw that two weekends ago, dude. Did I tell you pretty had to play against the, uh, the, the D weapon? Like, what is it called? That fortification that has the ion. Oh, with the eagle, the eagle, the eagle penis cannon. Yeah. Yeah. With the the ion? shot. Yeah. 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 You didn't tell me about it. That thing's uh, brutal though. When it shoots you <laughs> pretty had to play against it. <laughs> like, so I'm so sorry, pretty. I know it sucks so much. Yeah, some dude had it's armor. It. It's armor 15, and it like subtracts one to the from the damage table because it's got the mighty bulkward rule or whatever. Yeah, and he also upgraded it with void shields. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. He took it's got two, two shot D gun. It's like large blast. Yep. Yeah. So he took it as a Lord of War choice, I believe, under the mighty bulwark or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was fucking brutal. Like I was like, God. Damn, <laughs> just 
my god. So yeah, th- this I mean this would obviously make that good against that. But the the thing that makes it interesting is infantry crusher. So the knight may re-roll results on the stomp table. The result of the re-roll must be taken even if it's worse than the first roll. In addition, the knight has a plus five invulnerable save against grenade and melt-a-bomb attacks. Um, uh, sorry, I was thinking in my head about how this is differentiating grenades from melt-a-bombs, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, <laughs> attacks in assault. Uh, the knight, however, may not sweeping advance. So why I like this is because it's really its only weapon in close combat because it's just like kicking and punching you with AP dash attacks. So really you're relying on stomps to clear out shit that's tying it up. So being able to re-roll the ones when you basically get to do nothing or even if you're fighting something like really, you know, like cataphractic terminators, you know, just hitting them with those stupid strength six attacks, like you're almost always going to re-roll fishing for that six. Right. So... because this thing, in my opinion, its biggest weakness is just going to be tying it up in assault. Like, you don't even really have to kill it in assault. Like, just assaulting this thing with, like, ten tactical marines, if it doesn't roll sixes on its stomp attacks, you're going to be tied up for a long time. Yep. <laughs> like, you're going to have 500 points of model just, like, being held there by ten tactical guys. And all it takes is one drop pod. <laughs> one drop pod and <laughs> just... Yeah, like, one dread call or something like that. It's brutal. One so, infiltrating squad of Raven Guard <laughs> just running to their death. One sneaky Steve from Alpha Legion coming in there and just you not rolling a six and him making his two up artificer armor save every time you stomp on him and he's just like ha ha ha. Him just power <laughs> knifing your fucking power like- knifing your foot <laughs> while like clamping one melt bomb on you every turn. <laughs> I've got a I've got all day, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. So I think that's an interesting choice. So to me, um, the ones that I like for it are the basic troop one, the one that gives you the D3 uh, extra points, uh, then probably this uh, Scion Implacable. I think the Arbalester, I think a lot of people are still going to do it just because people are greedy. They like really want that overkill giving it Tank Hunter. Although, I, like I said, I don't really feel that it needs it, but to each their own, I guess. Sounds good, dude. I'm glad we talked about that. I'm glad we got it out there for the guys that are going to buy the poor fire on. And if you already ordered one, like I know David Sampson did, send us a picture. Yeah. Once you get it in and paint it. Because I want to see, like, how what's going to be really it. frustrating is just things like, honestly, not that great at killing something like a Spartan. No. It drops down <laughs> to strength nine. No, yeah. eight. It's blast. Oh, yeah. Strength eight. Uh, then you're just fishing at that point. Then you're just glancing. Ugh. Well, you get to re-roll on the the ones on. Oh wait, it doesn't fucking matter because you're not. No, penetrating. you're not rolling. It's glancing. <laughs> yep. So just drive your Spartan into it. Unload your ten man cataphracty that you put in there. Just chain fist it. Just yeah. fist it this thing dead. does not want to see a unit of cataphracty. Hundred percent does not want that. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna have a bad time. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's cool. Um, it definitely has its weaknesses. It's very much like a Warhound. If people play a Warhound, this is kind of like a diet version. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, its points reflect that, too. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. If you're playing in a 4,000-point game, you take two of them. Yeah. And a War Machine detachment. 
because it's only eight oh points. So, anywho, before we hit up List City over here, oh, real quick before we get away from this thing, what's the word? Think about this too. The other, the other reason to maybe just stick it as the troop choice where you don't pay points for it. If you buy any rank for it, it takes it over five hundred points, and then you can't take it at two thousand points. Oh yeah. So you gotta take it as troop choice. Well, if you play less than two thousand. And if you can even take household ranks. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you can. It's just worded weird. Very smart. That's probably why they make it to where you can't take the one that it decreases. Hey, Forge World, Forge World, my number's on the cakes. If you ever need advice or want to run some rules by someone, the number right there for our voicemail is on those cakes. Just it's saying. on all six <laughs> cakes, by the way. <laughs> it's on every cake. I have time. You know, I work an eight-hour day, but I could devote a couple hours a night to you guys if you want to run some rules by me. Just throwing that out there. Ryan, RFI consultant. Or Forge World consultant. <laughs> so, yeah, before we get into... Cheap. I work cheap. I work for resin. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. All day. <laughs> so anyway before we get to the city man tell us about that michigan event you're hitting up in january that it's ch- completely changing up your your plans oh my fucking friends so these guys from michigan are cool like we went up there you know played the michigan gt and met jeff and uh brian and uh joshua and all those guys all those dudes are cool there's more than that i'm not gonna go through everybody's name <laughs> but uh, Brian and uh, Jeff, they came down to my event when I ran mine and, you know, just got to hang out with them a little bit more. Uh, I'm making small talk here while I look this up on Facebook. Oh, okay. um, I'll keep talking so you can. Do what you <laughs> I got it here. So anyway, they're, they're doing another small event. I don't know if it's them running it or if it's just store running it and they just happen to be going. But a lot of these guys that I know from Michigan are going there. Plus, my buddy Austin, that used to be here, has moved to the Detroit area. So it'll give me an opportunity. I mean, it's not been that long. He didn't move that long ago, but I'll get to see him, which is cool. Get to visit with Austin a little bit. Um, So it's called the the Moons of Uru Bootsen. So if you get on Facebook, it's spelled U-R-U-B-U-T-S-I-N. Um, and there's an event on there and it's at pandemonium games and hobby in garden city, Michigan. And it's on Saturday, January 14th. And it starts at noon and it's a two round 3000 point event. I don't really have any other details beyond that. So what are we? So my blood angels is, do you know if it's going to be like, narrative where they separate loyalists and traitor or i have no clue i mean i'd imagine since i it's a 30k event that it will be okay i'm trying to look details this event will consist of two rounds of age of darkness games build your 3000 point list and wage war so sounds pretty straightforward you're gonna do great you're gonna do great what do you mean do great It's an event, man. To do great, I'm just gonna take my Adepticon list and add in three more units to make up the other 500 points that I need. That's exciting, dude. That's uh, 
so the the only thing that's driving me crazy is I'm like really, really, really enjoying painting my black shields. Like I, it's like one like really enjoy it like a lot right now. Like really into it, and I have to quit <laughs> like painting on them. Like I just started. I just like I finally got to my black shields. Got to work on them a week. Got five guys done was like looking forward to getting a whole squad painted next week. I was going to sit, I was going to make sure that I got a whole squad done or I could say this whole unit's done. And now I'm going to have to go back to these damn blood angels. I'd been painting for several months before. So your blood angels aren't ready right now. No. What do you, because well, remember I had to add in these extra 500 points. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I have to plenty of stuff lying around. I do. But the problem is with the Blood Angel rules, because you can only take one vehicle for every Legion of Stardust unit or whatever. Yeah. Plus, I'm playing Armored Breakthrough and just the way it works. Like, you have to have this this much of this painted before you can take another one of these. You Like, it's more complicated than just, like, throwing in shit that I already have painted. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I have to paint... 19 of these uh, veterans, the ones I was telling you I was working on at the beginning of the show. So these guys are already countershaded, and I got some of the black done on them anyway. But I got to finish these 19 guys, and then I need to paint another um, Avenger Strike Fighter. But the Avenger Strike Fighter that I'm painting, I needed to paint for my Black Shields army anyway, because it's going to be in the colors of that army. So I don't, it's not a big deal. Gotcha. Luckily, my Blood Angels and Black Shields are both obviously red and black, so I can paint a red and black Avenger and use it for both armies. Badass, dude. So, Very smart. Way to think ahead. I actually recommend anybody that's running any sort of flyers that are Imperial Navy to just go ahead and paint them up like that. that well, the way nice. I did, my first two Avengers are painted like just the grays. You know, with the black and red bands around the tail that just look like Imperial Navy planes. Look great. Yeah. So this black and red one, I'm going to paint it similar, but it's going to be black and red. And it's supposed to be like the squadron leader. So I can pass it off as just like some like hotshot pilot guy that's got a distinctive paint scheme, kind of like the Red Baron or somebody. You know what I mean? Right. And then, so it'll be the squadron leader for that squadron, but I can also use this as a one off vehicle for my Black Shields. So it's not that bad. The, really, the only thing I'm breaking painting on my black shields to do is these 19 Blood Angels, which these I wanted these guys done before Adepticon anyway. I was just putting them off to work on my black shields for a while and slow willy working on these. And now I'm going to have to put these back in the main production line, put the black shields on the back burner for a couple weeks. Gotcha. Well, man, I wish you the best of luck. Like, I don't, I can't. I don't know. Like, if I could help you. narrative event. Like, help me. What you mean? Like, help you get ready. Like, help you get ready. Like, oh, yeah, that I just bit off more than I can chew, man. I got uh, trying to get all those black shields and blood angels done simultaneously for two fucking events that really aren't that far away that are a week apart. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Stiff and Adepticon. It's like, man, I should have just picked one army and got that one army ready for both events. But me being the asshole that I am, I was like, I can't take an army to one event and then turn around and take the same army to another event. I want to do different armies. So I've taken and my blood angels to four events. <laughs> yeah. Now I can't decide what I want to take because I switched sides at stiff 
to go loyalist just in case I didn't get my black shields done. I could do that and take my blood angels to both events. Right. So now I can't decide if I want to take my black shields to your event or Adepticon or vice versa. Cause now I feel like they're going to get done in time. Like it's going to be close. I can't slack up even a little bit, but after painting these five guys, I think I, I can get it done. I don't know, man. I don't know. Man, do what your heart tells you. Do what your heart tells you. I mean, I want to. I want to win best painted at both events. I would take your Blood Angels to Adepticon, and then your Black Shields to Stiff. You just want to see my Black Shields in person. Well, you're going to see both in person. You're just being greedy. You just want the. You just want the. You just think the Black Shields are cooler, and you want them at your event. Uh, I well, yes, they are cooler. But I'm trying to think what I think's painted better, and I think your Blood Angels, like your red, is so nice. Like, but these guys have the same red, kind of. Yeah. So you think this guy is cooler than this guy? That's what you're saying. Oh yeah, absolutely, all day. This guy's cooler. That's the guy that your girlfriend tells you not to worry about. <laughs> the, you the, you really think the Blood Angels look better than the Black Shields? Yeah, dude, I love your blood angels. If See, if I, I could like do a one on one painting session to like fully get it down, we would. You can. Yeah, I know. I just I haven't. I haven't painted. Could, I haven't painted any infantry yet. So you need to come up here for Gen Con. We keep go over this every show. You need to come up here for Gen Con. First things first, you missed out on the tenderloin. You got to eat a tenderloin sandwich. Yep. You eat that tenderloin. Come back here. We'll paint a marine together, and you'll have the paint scheme down. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Because I remember the first time you got here, I'm like, let's see your sh- your red, and then I want to compare it to my red. And I got mine out before we even got yours out, and you were like, oh, mine doesn't look like that. No, no <laughs> not even going to pull it out. Don't even look. Yeah, yours is definitely more blood red, more Vallejo blood red. Cause, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yours look very sweet. Very, very sexy. I appreciate that. All right, dude. So anyway, let's go to list talk. How about that? Okay. Let me sh- let me get- hear the paper. This is the paper shuffle of the list. That's how Ryan does it. Ryan prints out y'all's lists and like marks them up at work and like. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes I don't do here. it at work. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm always busy there. <laughs> I have time for nothing like, but doing it. Like you work hard. Oh, so hard. So anyway, let me go ahead and jump over to the email. And this is the 3,000-point Sons of Horus long march list, right? That's what you want to do. That's the first one. That's the first one's on the list. Yeah. I'm wondering if I got this guy. Uh, I sent it to you. So it came from Ryan. It's from, it's the title of the email is Varen's Sons of Horus. And type in Morgan. His his email address is. Uh, it's got Morgan in it. Oh, that's right, because he sent it from his girlfriend's, right? No, that's a different guy. Oh, uh, tournament players back? Nope, nope, nope. I know I sent this to you. Uh, podcast malfunction. See, this is where other people would edit it out to make it look professional, and we're just like, eh. I'll just leave it in. 
they know they know that we're a moving podcast like we here it's being forwarded right now forward to michael sent okay boom speed of the internet speed of the internet so anyway guys i'm still uh, still waiting here it's sent it says you have it it's no longer in my phone it is now in cyberspace all right well, anyway i did have that one but he he okay. was he had content suggestion was his his title. that's a different one. that's a yeah. different one he sent us two emails all right well anyway this comes from Llewellyn? Lanolin? His actual name is uh, Varen, I think. Is Varen. signed off as Varen. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Varen, he said, What's going on all the way from rainy England? I enjoy your podcast and find your list reviews particularly useful, so I thought it was time I sent you my list for a review. We have a fairly new 30K scene in our area with about 10 of us starting a slow-grow league for, for a few months. Uh, this is the list I have been building towards. I'll give you my list and then a list of the other two units I have available to me. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of hobby funds available, so I hope we can make something work out for what I've got. So this is his Sons of Horus Long March 4,000-point list. Okay, so 4K. So he's got in his list, he's got a Praetor and Tatara Terminator, Tatara's Terminator armor with digital weapons, Iron Halo, Chain Fist, command, with a command squad of four other Tatara's Terminators. Two of them have Chain Fist, two with Lightning Claws, a, inside of a Land Raider Phobos with Armored Ceramite with a Multi-Melt on top, and a Malgahurst. Oh, I'm sorry. And then, then he also took Malgahurst. He didn't, this is just a list of what he has, by the way. This isn't his actual army list. Oh, so okay. I don't know that you have to read all this if you don't like this is he just literally sent us this is what I own these are what these are how they're equipped whatever okay so what you do he says our group doesn't play with super competitively our group doesn't play super competitively so as long as the list can hold its own I'll be happy I wanted to try and get some drop pods in the list I feel it's fluffy yes it is. I know that the big Reaver units aren't great, so I don't mind if one of them gets dropped. I was hoping you could help me get a 2.5K and 3K list from all of this. Uh, I have included the 4K list to try and show you how I currently build my army. So, yeah, that is how he builds his 4K. Okay, yeah. So, but anyway, do you want me to go over that? But he, wants it, uh, he wants to get it down to 3K, so I don't... It's really just like a list of ingredients. So let the man know. What did you do with his pot of so for for 3k this is what i did so he says he didn't want to buy any more models but he i he needs to build one praetor surely you can scrap together enough points to throw together one power armored guy because like we've went over it a million times like praetors and terminator armor unless it's a very specific ones it's really not you know what i mean no yeah i get it so Plus, it's just going to fit better in this army. So, I, I that's the one model that he doesn't have on his list that I put in the army. You know, you can surely find some bits to build a Praetor. So, it's a Praetor with Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and Jump Pack. And he's in Artifice Armor. So, it's a Jump Pack Praetor. Pretty cool. Um, Maligers and Twisted is a second HQ. Uh, then so Malagurst unlocks Reavers as troops, 
So his first troop choice is a 15-man Reaver squad, and it has uh, 10 chain axes, two uh, power swords, and two power fists, and they all have jump packs. That's full 15-man. So uh, in his list of ingredients, he's got two separate squads listed, um, and each of them have five chain axes, so I've just basically combined all the chain axe guys into one unit for him gotcha so he still has all these models i'm just combining them into one unit right so that's one 15 man squad so then i took a six man space marine veteran squad they have machine killers uh four of them have combi weapons one of them has a melt gun and then the sergeant has artificer armor and combi weapon and they are going to be in an anvilus dread claw that has that's bought as fast attack. Okay. So there, there's an ambulance that's bought as fast attack. Then he's got then a, the third troop. So that's a troop choice because uh, Malagurst makes um, both veterans and reavers troops. So that's how he's getting these guys as troops. So then his sec, his third troop choice is a 10 man marksman vet squad. And they're just base. They just have bolt guns and the sergeant has artificer armor. And they're going to be in a Rhino with a pinnel-mounted multi-melter. Then for his first Elite's Choice, uh, I selected a Apothecary and just gave that Apothecary a jump pack. So on his list of stuff he has, he's got an Apothecary armor with a power sword. Um, I'm guessing it doesn't have a jump pack, but he's got all these extra Reavers with jump packs. And once again, I'm sh- like I know he said he's on a budget, but... You know, fine. Like it's not that big a deal. I wouldn't think to spend a couple bucks for a jump pack on eBay or something like that. You know, you get one. So throw a jump pack on that apothecary. So the idea is the apothecary with the jump pack and the reaver lord with the jump or the sorry reaver lord. I'm thinking of my black shields. The praetor with the jump pack and the apothecary with jump pack will go in that big 15 man reaver squad to make that thing more survivable. You'll be able to tank a little bit with the praetor and have feel no pain on the whole unit. And we'll get to how all this stuff gets used at the end of the army. Right. So for a second elite choice, um, I took a five-man Justaren Terminator squad. Um, all five guys have combi plasmas. Uh, one guy is a power fist. Uh, two of them have lightning claws, and two of them have chain fists. And they're in a, a dedicated anvilus dread claw. Okay. So that's a second drop pod. Then for fast attack, I have that anvilus that the vets are in that I've already talked about. So that's already been talked about. Uh, Then for heavy support, I took a full 10-man heavy support squad. Um, All 10 guys have missile launchers. The uh, sergeant has artificer armor and augury scanner. And Malagurs the Twisted will likely go with these guys. Um, He could potentially go with the Melta veterans if you wanted to, but you could also put him with these guys. And then for the second heavy support slot... I took uh, Leviathan Dreadnought with Storm Cannon, Armored Ceramite, Phosphex Discharger, uh, and a Dreadnought Drop Pod. So that's uh, that's that's three, right? So you get three drop pods. Three drop pods. So you're getting two two in the first turn. Yep. So you could you'll have to choose from the Leviathan, the Justaren, and the Meltavets. So yeah, very cool. So depending on what you're you're fighting, you could go. Because like, you could go Leviathan turn one shooting, and then also setting up the assault 
and then the Justerin coming in and either getting out and plasming something or staying in and setting up the assault. And then on turn two, drop the Melta Vets in, crack open a Spartan or something, then assault what gets out with right. the Leviathan and the Terminators. Or if they have like a knight turn one you want to take out, you might go, um, you know, Leviathan and Melta Vets turn one on it or whatever. It just gives you options. Yeah, especially sandwich it the two, like go both sides of it. Uh, preferably like side armor on both ends of it. So it doesn't really have very far. It can run and try and, you know, get away from that monster Leviathan. Right. So the way the long March works is any units that are in your deployment zone gain relentless. So all these missile launcher guys, as long as they stay in his deployment zone, they'll have relentless. And then if you put Malagurst with them, he can tank because he's got a, I think he's got artificer armor. I'm pretty sure he does. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, he's got extra wounds, but he's got the banner that makes everybody fearless. It's going to make those guys fearless. So you have to kill them to a man to uh, make them break or pin them or whatever. So they'll be able to like stick around and be annoying back there in the backfield. Wow, that's brutal. Relentless? Yep. The whole squad? Whole squad. So they'll be able to move and fire those missile launchers. That's badass. You went missile launcher? You didn't think to go like somebody? That's how his guys are armed. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All, all the models in this army, he should have. Like, I went over his list pretty carefully. So he should have all these models except for the Praetor. And then, like I said, he needs to come up with a jump pack to put on the Apothecary. But here he has them all. Okay. But everything else he, he has. It's the same thing with the uh, Dreadnought, with the Leviathan. I don't know what it's armed with in the chest. He didn't say. I'm guessing it's the Heavy Flamer. So, but if it is the... I left him a few points. This, is, this list is... Uh, 2493 um is what i got it to instead of 2500 so he's got a few like if it actually has the chest mounted guns he'll have to find like five points on i think i put uh melt bombs on the reaver lord you could get rid of the melt bomb on him or whatever oh that's the other thing i wanted to well we'll get to that so so if you're in your deployment zone you gain relentless so that okay. the missile launchers are meant to hang back there, move around, shoot missiles. Right. If you're in no man's land, so basically if you're not in their deployment zone and you're not in your deployment zone, you gain fleet. Okay. So the, why that's good is he's got these jump pack guys. So you figure the jump pack guys immediately from turn one aren't going to be in the deployment zone anymore. No. So you'll be able to move, move them 12 with their jump packs and then run them. And when, they, when you have fleet, when you run, you can reroll your run roll. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, and then on the next turn, you should be able to jump them and hit them right on the edge of their deployment zone where you're still not in their deployment zone but right on the edge. And then when you declare your charge, you'll get to reroll your charge distance. Which is great. Which is like – because when you use your jump pack to move 12 inches, if you use your jump pack and only move 6, you can reroll your charge so you can still get that with the jump pack. But this will allow you to basically get both benefits of the jump pack – where you can still move the 12 in movement and then still fleet charge. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. So I feel like that's a good, like, using those jump marines, it gives them a little something. You know what I mean? Because they're going to be out there in no man's land. Yeah. Um, and then when you make it into the opponent's deployment zone, you gain Crusader. Which Crusader is, uh, get an addition, you, it's uh, bonuses to sweeping advance. And when you run, you get like an extra three inches or something like that. Right. Michael's looking it up. No, I'm not going to. Oh, I have it right. You got it. I got it right here, too. I'm going to beat you. Oh, you think? 
So that, so Crusader, 163, for those of y'all reading. I'm here. <laughs> a unit that contains at least one model with this rule may roll an extra die when making run moves and use the highest result. In addition, a unit that contains at least one model with it adds D3 to its sweeping advance roll each okay. time. Um, so, but here's the thing. So my idea with this list, with those drop pods that come in, like especially the, the Justeran one, you can bring that Dreadclaw in and when you decide to charge with the guys, because remember the Dreadclaw, when it comes in, it can land and then move flat out. So you can basically put it anywhere within 18 inches of where it lands. You get to move it again after it lands. Okay. So you can, you can pretty much get it wherever you want. And then on your next turn, if it's still alive and not stunned or any of that shit, it can move another six inches before you get out. So my thing is you should be able to position those just Aaron where they're in the same position as those assault Marines we were talking about, where they're literally right on the edge. Right. To get them in that no man's land, but where you're right on the edge where you can fleet charge into the deployment zone or whatever. Do you get if any it, benefit for being in the deployment zone? In the deployment zone, you gain Crusader. Okay, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what we're looking right. for. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is, you, like, fleet is usually, like, fleet's the one of the more powerful abilities that this gets, but this will basically allow you with the Dread Claws, you can kind of manipulate where you land. Mm -hmm. Dread Claws. Um, so I, I feel like that's pretty cool. Now, the one question I have about this, um, this should have probably been a cake question. Um, is it in the, it'd be in this one. It doesn't, I don't believe it says, like, what if you're in both zones? So what if I put my just stare in half in and half out? Like, it's a five-man squad, maybe three are in and two are out. Do you get both? Do you get one? I would imagine you only get one. And but do you get a shoot? This is long march rule, or? Long March, yeah. It just says, you know, if you're here, you get this. If you're here, you get this. I don't think it specifies, like, majority or anything like that. I could be wrong. I don't. I thought I looked at that, though, because I, I a minute, immediately thought that. Yeah, right here. So, infantry units... With the Legion of Sturdy Sons of Horse special rule, gain one of the following special rules from the beginning of its own turn until the end of its opponent's next turn when the majority of its models begin the turn in the area indicated. So what you could actually do is keep like three Just Aaron right on the edge and then put two strung out deeper in so that the unit gains fleet to charge you know, really deep into the deployment zone with fleet. I gotcha. No, completely. Yeah, you can you can do the same thing with the jump marines. So basically, just use the rules to its advantage. And it's kind of funny because if you play right around the edges of the deployment zone, you could be like, ah, I now have this rule for this turn, or now this turn I have this rule. Yeah. You know, you can kind of manipulate that. So I tried to take a lot of things in drop pods and uh, jump packs so that you could do that. I love it. Very cool. So in this list, uh, the the obviously both uh, oh it's on my phone. So obviously both veteran squads are scoring. The Reavers are scoring because they're taking his troops, and the Terminators are scoring. So he's got four scoring units. Um, he doesn't have a lot of ranged anti tank. He just has the uh, the missile launcher guys, which are okay. His basically his anti tank is going to be. Uh, you're going to be very reliant on close combat. Those just staring guys with the chain fists. The big Reaver squad has a couple power fists in there and, and a melt-a-bomb. I was going to say, 
if you're taking any of these units that can just take a power fist on anybody, like a Reaver squad, like any member can take it, but only the sergeant can take the uh, a melt bomb you don't want to put the power fist on the sergeant because then you're going to have to be stuck between choosing the melt bomb or the power fist against the tank. Right. And he's the only one with the melt bomb option where anybody could take the power fist. So you're exactly. better off putting the power fist on a generic member of the squad and giving him the melt bomb so you get the benefit of both in that turn as opposed to one or the other. Yeah, exactly. So I was just telling him that I don't know how his sergeant's armed because he literally just says I have this many reavers and this these weapons are in the unit, but he doesn't specify what you know whether they're on the sergeant or not. But if your sergeant is armed with a power fist, um, you may consider taking the power fist off of him and putting it onto a generic guy so that he can use his melted bombs. Um, but anyway, I mean that's pretty pretty much it. Um, if you want to go up in points. Uh, with these extra units because this is the this is the three K version of it. So I guess it'd be going down in points. So if you wanted to go down in points, um I get cause it or no, this is twenty five hundred and he said he wanted to go up to three. That's right. Sorry. So he'd want to go up in points. So uh I forget what I was looking at here. Uh oh I know what it was. Take uh because you don't have enough drop pods. He's got another Dreadnought drop pod. And that's it, I believe. So you don't really want an even number of drop pods if you can help it. So I wouldn't go that route. So what I would probably do, you got a, um, a Mortis Contemptor with the Twin Link Glass Cannons. That'd probably be a good choice to get some extra anti-tank and some anti-air in there. You could throw that in there. And then um, take either another reaver squad because they're going to be troops and give you another scoring unit and you can use them like what we talked about uh or if you wanted to give those uh missile launcher guys a little bit of a boost if you could dig up the bits just to build a single another just like one-off model you could build a siege breaker which gives those guys tank hunter badass so you have mobile missile launchers with tank hunters yeah better than better than tyrants yeah and it's it's just the one once again it's just a single guy and you can literally just give him a bolt pistol chainsaw it's almost like building a sergeant and then maybe give him a fancy backpack to represent the nuncio vox very cool so that's my idea so i hope that helps him out definitely it's not you know hyper competitive anything like that i think uh drop potting in is definitely sons of horus uh definitely sons of horus style uh, using your mobility to get advantages is definitely something Sons of Horus would do. And I don't think it's hyper-competitive or anything like that, so I think your friends will still have fun with you and play. But uh, I think you, as long as you play it right, man, I think you can get the big W out pretty more often than not. Solid, right? So if you want to, let's. I'm just going to call an audible here. We had another guy write in on Facebook. And he wanted us to just, it was funny because we got these, like it's a different guy and he wanted me to write him a 2000 point long March list. Mm -hmm. And he just said, take what I wanted. So this was just like from scratch. Um, He didn't have any whatever, but this just to give like, cause this will give Varen if he ever wants to buy more models, it'll give him some ideas of, cause we've not really talked about the long war on here before. So I wanted to take an opportunity of kind of like how I feel it can be used. It's like some units that, normally maybe wouldn't shine that you can really get cool use out of using this. 
The Long March. Yeah. The Long March. So in this 2,000-point list, this was for Keith uh, Townsend, I believe is his name, on Facebook. We were talking about it before. Right. Yeah, Keith Townsend. So in this list, uh, I took a uh, Praetor uh, with Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, but he's on a Space Marine bike. So it's a bike Praetor. And then I took a Siege Breaker and Artificer Armor. That's the two HQs. Then for troops, I took 10 Tactical Marines. Uh, the Sergeant has Artificer Armor, uh, Power Weapon, Melt the Bombs, and they are in a Rhino with Pennell Mounted Multimelta. Then I took a second 10-man Tactical Squad, and they have switched their bolters out for Bolt Pistol Chainsword. So they're dual-armed with no bolt gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Fist, and they are in a Anvilus Dreadclaw that's bought as a fast attack choice. And then for elites, I took an Apothecary with Augury Scanner, and it's and he is on a Space Marine bike. And then for my second elite choice, I took five Justaren Terminators. Uh, all five of them have Combi Plasmas. Two have Power Fist, two have Lightning Claws. Or one has a Power Fist, two have Lightning Claws, two have Chain Fist. And they're in a dedicated anvilus, so this is like shared between the two lists. Gotcha. Um, then I took five for a third elite choice, five machine killer vets. Um, they all have combi uh, meltas, so all four basic dudes have combi meltas, and the sergeant has a combi melta. And they're in a fast attack anvilus dread claw. And then for the third fast attack choice, because the other two choices were anviluses, I took five attack bikes with multi meltas. And then for heavy support, I took five uh, missile launcher marines. The sergeant has artificer armor, augury scanner. So they're kind of similar. This is like a 2,000-point version of this. So in this list, the siege breaker goes with the missile guys, and they're going to have an augury scanner so they can intercept, and then they're going to be relentless for staying in the deployment zone. Then they have the two guys with artificer armor to tank wounds so it's hard to kill them, and then the siege breaker is going to give them tank hunter. Okay. And then uh, you have three Anviluses, because you got the Justerin in one, uh, ten basic tacticals with, that are dual-armed in another, and then the Machine Killer Vets in the other one. So you, once again, you always want to put the Justerin in, but the other ones can come in in any order. And you'll do the same thing that I talked about, where you'll play right along the edge of their deployment zone to get that fleet. Right. You know, And then when you get in, you can get Crusade or whatever. So this one, I like the attack bikes in this style of list because it's kind of like how I was talking about the jetpacks. So the way bikes will work, you'll put your Praetor and your Apothecary in this unit. And if you stay in that no man's land, these bikes will get fleet. So they'll be able to move 12 inches and then fleet charge. And then if you think about it, attack bikes with Sons of Horus are fucking brutal. Because for one, these guys all have multi-meltas. They're going to be able to shoot with multi-meltas on all the bikes. And then the other, then they also have a combi bolter on them that they get to fire. Right. And all of that benefits, uh, well, maybe not. Is it only infantry that get to benefit from the uh, the Sons of Horse rule where you get to reroll ones? Or is it anything with Legion of Sturdies? I got it right here. Okay. Uh, what's it called? Death Dealer. Death Dealer. Models with this special rule gain plus one ballistic skill when shooting pistol, assault, 
rapid fire weapons. So it won't do the heavy weapons on the bike. It'll only do the combi bolters. bolters. That being said, it was mainly for the assault. So attack bikes are two base attacks, and then they're they're dual armed. They have chainsword, bolt pistol, so they go to three. Then on the charge, they get a fourth, and then because they're Sons of Horus, at initiative one, they get to hit you again, and then they have Hammer of Wrath. So there are potentially six attacks in close combat per model. So that little five-man squad is a potentially 30 attacks. Wow. And then you've got your Praetor and your Apothecary in there on top of it. After shooting them with combi vultures and multi meltas. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's pretty fucking brutal, dude. So, and I like those attack bikes because you get the multi meltas for anti tank, and then for anti infantry, you got the combi bolters, the praetor, and then all the attacks in close combat. Yeah, it's a beat face unit with that's like. It's not very expensive. I mean, the, the attack bikes themselves aren't that expensive. Like what? They're two two twenty or no, that's what the salt cannon. So it'd be two fifty. They're two hundred fifty points for all five of them, with multi melts. So pretty cool. So that's that two thousand point list. And he specifically stated he didn't want any uh, named characters. You could actually make this two thousand point list a little better by swapping. You could take like a Malagurst and not have to take the tactical marines. You could just go straight into veterans. Yeah. Or if you or if you increase the points level and put Horus in there, you know, once again the Justaren would become troops, you wouldn't have to mess around with tacticals, things like that. But this just gives you ideas on why this is good. Malgahurst is exceptionally good. Like he's just like being able to take the veterans is such a good good option. Well, he gets he unlocks veterans and uh Reavers as troops. He gives fearless has like a twelve inch fearless bubble and he fills uh your compulsory HQ choice, and he's only like 140 points. Solid. Solid. And on top yep. of that, you get a fucking Master of the Legion. So, like, right. you get to... You don't have to take Pride of the Legion to get those veterans unlocked in troops. He's a solid character to take. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I like that list. Um, both these lists are pretty cool. I think that uh, it'd be neat to see. I'd like to see how these guys do with it. And I think the addition of the Dread Claws... And then taking things like bikes or jump marines, things that can move fast and play around in no man's land. Um, because I think it says, is it, let's go back again. I've read this thing a million times. If it's at the beginning of the turn to pick your rule, you could literally start right on the edge of their deployment zone, claim fleet, then move into the deployment zone, and then charge. So you could actually get fleet pretty deep into their deployment zone. Uh, I shouldn't have had to read this this many times, but <laughs> the long march. So gain one of the falling special rules at the beginning of its owning player's turn. So yeah. So you could get out of your dread claw, put three guys in no man's land and put two guys as deep as you could while still staying in coherency into the deployment zone. Then move the whole squad, then claim fleet, move the whole squad six inches towards whatever you're going to charge and then still fleet charge. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, using things like jump infantry bikes, dread calls will get you exactly in that sweet spot that you need to get into to take, to use that. Very cool. So I guess since we're, since we're at it, man, it may as well, uh, 
Since you got Keith Townsend on the line, why don't you go ahead and go over the drop or not to drop list? Here. Yeah. So what happened was Keith, he, uh, we wrote him a list a while back and mm-hmm. the melt bomb change happened. And the list I originally wrote him had a shitload of guys with melt bombs in it. So he basically wrote back and was like, Hey, um, you know what I do with all these melt bombs now? And do I leave them in, you know, whatever. And also while I'm emailing you, can you write me a 2000 point long word list? So we just went over the, the long word list. But this is going back to um, the original list I wrote for him. So if you want to read it out, then I'll tell you what we did with it. Okay, so he said, here is my list again, mate. Sorry, it was a real idiot. You probably get a shitload of lists. Because he was just like, hey, this list you wrote for me, what I do with the melt bombs And I'm like, hey, man, you're going to be more specific than that. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. I've written a few lists on the show. I don't know if you... So, oh yeah, I do remember this list. Okay, so he had Malgarissa Twisted. Uh, this is an orbital, a 3,000 point orbital assault list. Yes, 3,000 point orbital assault. Uh, and the troops choice, he had Jastaran Terminator Squad. Two of them have Chain Fist. Uh, there's 10 Jastaran Terminators altogether. Five Lightning Claws, three Power Fist, two Chain Fist. So. Uh, then he's got a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad. Three of them have Combi Weapons. They're in a Drop Pod. Uh, there's five of them all together. They're Machine Killers, Melta Bombs, and... A single melt gun? I feel like that should the, be two melt guns. The, sar- the sergeant has no, because he can only take oh, one yeah. for five. That's so right. The sergeant has a combi weapon, so it's four combi melts and one melt gun. So, and he has that twice. And they have melt bombs on both units, which we'll get to in a minute. They're yep. both in drop pods. Yeah. And then he has a Legion Tactical Squad in a drop pod. Nine, it's ten tactical marines. I'm They're sorry, this is, a, this is a veteran tactical squad. My bad. Uh, they are marksmen with melt bombs so they're just using their good old, oh and they have flamers two flamers in yep. the unit uh and you missed one there's another squad that's identical but it has melt guns instead of flamers right and there's a reaver attack squad in an anvilist pattern dreadclaw drop pod uh the sergeant has artificer armor there's eight chain axes in the unit they all have mm-hmm. or, i'm sorry it looks like just a single melt bomb on the sergeant yep a melt gun in the melted- unit Seven Reavers. Malagers will go in there. Right. Then in his elite choice, he got an Apothecary with Artificer Armor. with the Reavers. Yep. A Legion Storm Eagle Assault Gunship with Twin Link Multi-Melta and Twin Link Glass Cannons. And the Heavy Sport choice, he's got a Legion Fire Raptor with four Hellstrike Missiles and Reaper Auto Cannon Battery. And Lord of War, he has Horus. Yeah. So basically... He's got, because he's got the two machine killer vets with melt bombs and he's got the two 10-man marksman vets with melt bombs So that was the four vet squads that was the core of his army. So that's 100 points in melt bombs So I told him just drop all those. So if you're wanting to run this exact list, like something really close to it, I would just drop all those melt bombs because it gives you 100 points. And then you got those 10 just staring. So for 70 points of those 100 points, you can just put 10 combi map can be meltas on those just Darren. Right. To add some more anti tank back in. Um and then you have thirty extra points you can just spend on some war gear, some other stuff. Um what I personally would do is drop the melt bombs which gives you a hundred points, right? Then drop two just Darren, which gives you ninety points because they're forty five points a guy. Um 
because you're they're either gonna you're either gonna drop them with lightning calls or power fists, so they're gonna be forty five points regardless of which two you drop. Then take then get rid of the storm eagle, and swap it for a charybdis, because the storm eagle is uh, two sixty five. So swapping it for a Charybdis saves you 30 points. So now you're going to have 90 points from the two Justarin. Uh, and you have to drop the Justarin anyway because we're going to put those guys in the Charybdis with Horus. Right. And they won't all fit because you had 10. So you're going to have to drop them to make them fit anyway. So you're going to go down to 8 Justarin, put Horus in there, which fills up the Charybdis. So between the 100 points for Meltabombs, the 90 points for the Justarin, and the swap, you're saving 220 points. So with that 220 points, you just take any unit that you want that also is in a drop pod to, because now you need another drop pod to balance out the Charybdis so you go back to an odd number to get the extra. But what yeah. that does for you is your, your Horus and your Justarian will now come in on turn one as opposed to turn two with the Deep Strike. I gotcha, yeah. And then you're still going to have two good flyers because you already have the... Uh, fire after for any air, but the Charybdis, if it lives, can go into flyer mode and still shoot all those 10 missiles at other fly. It's still a pain in the ass to deal with as a flyer. That makes sense, yeah. So with that extra 220 points, if you look at it, you could take, because uh, you got to figure these, the veteran squads that you already have in there, if you look at their points values, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, well, you've, all your troops are filled, but I don't think that there's anything stopping you from taking them as elites. You no. can take them as troops, so you could still take more as elites, or you could take. Um, trying to think of something that's, you could maybe take a small seeker squad if you wanted. I'm just trying, like basically anything you want to take, because uh, a drop pod's 35 points, so 35 from your. So basically, you're going to have like 185 points, or no, yeah, 100, 185 points to spend on anything, and then put that in a drop pod. And that'll even you out. And that'll take you up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drop pods. So you'll get four turn one. Yeah, it says maybe taking us troop choices uh, for Malgahurst. So you can yeah. just pop them in the elite. Take just Aaron or the uh, the Reaver Attack Squad in their respective yeah. choices. And then, yeah, and then just have an extra troop. But that's what I would actually do is just... Uh, Keep your same list, swap the uh, Storm Eagle for Charybdis, drop those two just staring, and then just find another unit you like for 220 points in a drop pod. Ba boom. So, Love it. Yep. Anyway, so that one's down. And we got one last one. World Eaters, man. And this is actually pretty cool because we did re have somebody request a World Eaters list. So, this says from uh super vegan also known as zach his email super vegan playing world eaters <laughs> the, low hanging fruit man let's the, ir not, the let's irony the irony <laughs> hey everyone first thank you for your time i'd love a breakdown of my list this list was written to be a true world eaters fluff just the bodies just tons, tons of bodies of where i can outclass troops in hand-to-hand -hand and hopefully math-hammering tougher elites. The hope that my ridiculous casualties would be offset by sheer volume and no extras invested in a squad. 
I know facing armor would have me at a huge disadvantage because of the lack of heavy weapons, so I got a few tougher tanks and hunter-killer missiles on anything that can take it. I feel weird about the Flats Flamer Squad, but it keeps me... It keeps being the... I feel weird about the Flats Flamer Squad? What am I missing? Yeah. Um, he took it... I don't know what Flats is supposed to be, but in the in the, he took a tactical support squad... Okay. So maybe it's supposed to be tax. I don't know. But he took a tactical support squad with flamers and chain axes, the Scalothrax guys that gotcha. Tim likes. Okay. But it keeps me, it keeps being insisted that I want them. All close combat weapons would have the free upgrade to the chain axes. Yep. The two 20 man squads are mounted to the Spartans and have only bolt pistols and chain axes with apothecary attached to each. The only thing I feel very strongly about is the big board presence. Anything I'd love tips on. Thank you. So he just wants a straight up like world eater fucking body count list at 2,500 yep. points. Yep. So he took Gallon Sirlac, uh, just straight out the gate. Uh, for those of y'all not familiar with Mr. Sirlac here, it's brutality. He is that is the super apothecary, right? Yep. He gives uh confers feel no pain four plus to any unities joined. Um, any and any uh, poison weapons must reroll wounds against him and any unit he has joined. Um, and then also, uh, he gives the uh, exhortation of butchery rule, which is let me find it here. It's the thing right here. If a model with this rule is joined uh, an infantry unit with the Legion of Stardis world leaders, then may choose to activate this rule at the start of any assault phase. Each model in the unit adds plus one to its attack profile for the duration of the assault phase. That's every model in the unit. Uh, at the end of the assault phase, roll a d6 for each surviving model. On a roll of a one, that model is slain with no slaves of any kind allowed. He gives this, and any, got to remember, in any army he's in, he grants that exhortation of butchery rule to every apothecary in the army. That's fucking solid. So if you take him and, like, three apothecaries or two or however he's got two in this list that every single one of them have that uh, ability. Okay. So he took gallon Sirlac with this badass fucking apothecary ability. Uh, yeah. and he's going super troop heavy. Like he's going super model heavy. So this should come in handy going into the rest yeah. of the list. He's got a Legion Praetor in artificer armor with an iron halo and a power weapon. Interesting. And he's got a Legion command squad attached to him with four chosen, uh, he's got a standard bearer in that unit and that's pretty much it. I don't see any war gear upgrades on those guys. Nope. So it just looks like they're just good old fashioned wounds. Yep. So then he's got an apothecary and detachment. He took two apothecaries, both just have straight chain sword and combat blade. So, uh, didn't upgrade anything on them. So next on the list, he's got a 10-man Legion Tactical Squad with the additional close combat weapon, Combat Blade. Uh, and they're in a Rhino with a 100-killer missile. Then he has the, on the Sergeant, he has Melted Bombs. Yep. That's going to be it on that. He's got that unit one, two. Just twice. Two times. Then he's got a another Legion Tactical Squad. It's 19 man. 19 man squad. Augmented inductee. So that's if you take the Gallon Sirlac, you can choose to, I believe, lower their ballistic skill by one to. What's it do? I got it right here. 
Maybe. If not, I can look it up. Master of Abductee. If Sarok is taken in any Legion tactical squad in an army, may be designated as Augmented Abductee. They receive plus one strength and feel no pain, six plus, but suffer minus one blitz skill and are no longer counted as scoring. They may only be joined by Sarlacc or other World Eater Apothecaries. No independent characters may join them. Okay, right. so he's bumping up the strength plus one, which is something I probably should have been able to see in this list there. Yeah, right. They have and they, remember, they all have chain axes, so strength they six. go up to strength six. Yeah, Fucking solid and brutal. Then he's got another 19-man tactical squad. Uh, they just have bolters. Doesn't look like he took the chain bolt pistol chain fist. He said that he at the beginning of the list. He said all of the everybody model in his army is bolt pistol chain axe. Okay. Then he's got. So a, he may not. Yeah. He's got a ten man tactical support squad. They did take an additional close combat weapon. Uh, they took a legion armored rhino character carrier with hunter killer missiles. So I guess it's three tactical squads in rhinos. Originally it was yes. two, and then he added a third one. Yeah, this is a support squad. So the the other ones are just um, tactical squads. This guy, this is the one with all the flamers because right. it's a support squad. Very cool. And the sergeant has melted bombs in it. Very cool. So then he took a land raider battle squadron. So he took a Phobos. I'm what guessing that? the command squad goes in there with the Praetor. Gotcha. He's got a hunter killer missile on it. A Legion yep. Spartan with flare shield hunter killer missile. Another Legion Spartan flare shield hunter killer missile. The 20 mans are going to go in there. Yeah. And that's about it. That's all, all right. So I that? like this. I like this list a lot. So here's what I would do, though. I would just want to swap around some of the war gear. Hunter killer missiles. I don't know if this was maybe written before you could take pinnel mounted multi-meltas, but why you would choose to take for not spend the extra five points to instead get, because a hunter killer is strength eight AP three one shot and a multi melt is strength eight AP one melta shoot it shoot until you die every right. turn. Right. So definitely want to get rid of all these hunter killers. And if you want to put additional firepower on them, definitely try to find the extra points to do the multi melta, which we'll get to how you can do that here in a second. So on Spartans, I think that the armored ceramite on a Spartan is far more valuable than a flare shield the flare shield only works to the front you know you're just subtracting the one strength or two if it's a blast whatever doesn't really matter like even if they get in the front of your arc with melta guns and melta range getting that extra die they're still going to get through and blow you up yeah you're vulnerable to just a single melta shot with no armored ceramite you can get by without the flare shield plus the ceramite's 25 points cheaper than the flare shield so, because he's right against the points limit, uh, I would suggest dropping every hunter killer out of this list and dropping both flare shields. So, you got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five hunter killers, so that's 50 points, and then you got the two flare shields is 90, so that's 140 points you're going to free up from dropping that war gear. 60 of those 140 points you're going to want to use to put Armored Ceramite on both Spartans and the Land Raider. Fair enough. That, to me, is going to improve this list durability dramatically just by doing that. Save you from getting hit by those classic drop-potting machine killer vets? 
Well, that still might happen because they're strength nine, but it's it's definitely going to protect it way more. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a hundred percent. Like you might as well not even roll dice. Um, otherwise, with armored ceramide, it at least makes it a little bit. Yeah, of, they stand a little bit of a chance. Yeah, it's really to protect you. Like if you don't have ceramide, they can literally just like go. Well, here's my one dreadnought with two melted guns in the fist, or here's my leviathan that happens to have a close combat weapon with a melted gun and blow your Spartan up with it. Where if you have armored ceramide on it, that's that's not going to happen at all. They're just going to glance you at most on its roll of a six. So, um, that leaves you with 80 points. So with those extra 80 points, you could go back through and put the, uh, multi meltas on the rhinos. I wouldn't bother putting any more weapons, uh, on the Spartans or the land Raider. Anyway, we've talked about this in past episodes. You're going to want to be driving these things like forward at breakneck speeds to get all these guys into grips. So when you move 12 inches, you can only snap fire all because they're not fast. You're only going to be able to snap fire all their guns anyway. Now they do have machine spirit, so they're only going to be able to fire one gun at full ballistic skill. So bolting more guns on them is just a bad idea because you're just paying points for weapons that are only going to be able to hit on sixes. Right. So there's no point in gluing more guns on them. On the Rhino, because their only gun that they have is a combi bolter, it's not a bad idea to upgrade to the multi-melta and you know, be able to fire the multi-melta when you only move six once your guys get out. Right. So if you put the multi-melta on the three Rhinos, that's another 45 points. Now you're going to be left with 35 points. With those 35 points, I personally would get rid of the power weapon on your Praetor which saves you another 15 points. So you're going to go back up to having 50 points. And then with those 50 points, you can buy him a uh, power fist and a paragon blade, which is 45 points and have five points left over. But that's going to make that Praetor hit way, way harder than just having a standard power weapon. Right. Exactly. Yeah, power weapon, I don't know why you'd ever hook a a Praetor. He's just trying to save points. Yeah. But I feel like... so. My version of this list, it strips out those hunter killers, replaces three of the five with multi-melders, which is better. Um, you're not really going to be able to use the other ones anyway because you're going to be snap-firing if you're playing the army correctly. Swap in all the flare shields for ceramide on all the tanks, which, in my opinion, makes them more durable for reasons we went over. And then with the extra points, you're going to be able to upgrade your Praetor a little more to make him a little meaner. Yep. So the list is essentially going to be identical, just be tougher and hit a little harder and have better firepower, slightly better, like ever so slightly better firepower. I like it, man. And I'm guessing he's taking the right of war where when they get in your deployment zone, they gain, feel no pain or increase it by one. God, that's so fucking nasty. I'm guessing it doesn't say, but that's my, if he's, if he's not using that right of war, if he just wasn't using a right of war at all, that's what I would take. Just get crazy. Just, I mean, that many dudes with feel no pain and just fucking just absolutely trying to get into the, yeah, trying to like press them back into the deployment zone so that they're all going to jump up to, well, uh, Gallon's unit would uh, jump up to a three up, feel no pain. And then the other two would uh, jump up to a four up, feel no pain. I feel like if this list got submitted to uh, the Eye of Horus Fluffwack, it would do very good. (laughs) Yeah, they would love it. I dig it, man. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's just the little tweaks I would make to it. Very cool. 
And I don't know if he heard it, but I think it was the very last episode, wasn't it, that we did the World Eater Land Raider list, which is similar to this. It was just yeah. Land Raiders instead of Spartans. I think it was two episodes back, but yeah. Okay. Well, he can go back and find that if he wants some other ideas. I think we talked about strategy-wise, you know, different things. He can get a different idea, maybe, you know, get some ideas from that. And it, I think you brought up that that uh, Ty from Australia plays a list very similar to what he just submitted. Yeah, the Aus30K guys, he plays the... It's he plays more land raiders than rhinos, but still. Oh, I just realized something. So he had the five extra points there. Yeah. I would I would drop one more multi melta off. Like so, you ha- I told you to put three in the list. Get rid of a multi melta so you have twenty points and put dozer blades on the land raider or the two Spartans. So they don't just get stuck. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to have dozer blades. I forgot about that. Like that's the, the, the your list works by. Yeah, your list works by driving forward and, pl- and getting as close as you can before deploying guys. You do not want to like get hung up on a shrub and roll a one, turn one, and fuck up your old battle plan. Because you like, will. Because <laughs> you will. So it's well worth the five points. So find 15 points somewhere and, you know, put dozer blades on those things. Sounds good to me, man. So that's it. That's all we got. That's it. So I guess we'll just uh, go ahead and start closing her out then. Yeah. So but they, guys, I feel like we learned a lot about the long war. Long March. Long March. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah. I don't know how I missed that majority being in the majority at the beginning of the turn and all that. I should have read it closer. For sure, dude. So I'm glad we glad we covered a little bit of that for everybody. Or you did anyway. Uh, so that sounds good, guys. If you have a list that you'd like to submit in. Michael at Warhammer30k.com or Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. Both of those, send your list in. It'll get to the right person. Uh, if you want to follow us, see the things we're working on, anything like that, we post pictures and all that stuff up up on our Facebook channel or Facebook page. Uh, it's going to be Radio Free Istvan, man. Give us a like, man. I think we're growing slowly. I like to see where we go after... This whole cake debacle, man. If they fix the if they fix the Melta bomb rulings because of our cake, man, I'm gonna shit my pants. We, you owe us. Well, they owe the world owes us likes. Like, <laughs> if they fix it just solely because of your cake, then everybody owes us to go to the Facebook page and give us a like. <laughs> exactly. Whether you like us or not, you still owe us. Just throwing that out there. I don't know why if you would be listening to this if you didn't like us, but. Yeah, and if you're listening on iTunes, guys, uh, if you could rank us, that'll push us further to the top so people can find us easier. I'd appreciate that as well, but you don't have to. Also, we didn't get any voicemails telling me to go fuck myself or fuck off or stay in my lane. I'm kind of disappointed. I'm sad. Yeah, guys, what's up with that? 209-RFI-30K-0. Give us a call, The ultimate goal is to be at conventions and people that listen to our show and recognize me walk by the table while I'm around a bunch of complete strangers or when I'm walking through the hotel or the lobby and they're just swearing at me from across the lobby screaming, fuck you, Ryan Kimmel. Stay in your and, lane. And stay in your lane. And strangers are like, who's this guy? Why is everybody telling him to fuck? He must be like the most <laughs> terrible person ever. Like I want people like to be just screaming profanity at me and a bunch of strangers not know what the hell's what's going on. That's so badass. It's so funny. Also, guys, if you want to go to Twitch and go subscribe to a brand new channel called 30K TV, good things are coming. Great things are coming. That's all yeah. I want to say. 
thirty. I know. TV I know what's Twitch. going on. I know what's going on. No, oh, I know you do. Now our listeners are gonna get like the the one up. Just go ahead and subscribe now, boys. Subscribe now. So. Oh, let's go through our podcast list. We got to shout everybody out. Shout them you out, bro. Do oh, dude. Hey. By the way, I've got a podcast that you probably haven't listened to yet. From the mediocre modeler. Oh. So he started his own 30k podcast. If you if you like go check him out, man. His podcast, last podcast he did was only 30 minutes. It's called the Spaceman with Guns podcast. It's a 30k horse heresy podcast. It's on iTunes. He just dropped his first episode. I listened to it. It's pretty solid, man. They did the, the he they they presented like the other podcast. They presented them with the question, what is the top five in Horus Heresy? So I know what you're thinking. Top five what? Exactly. He didn't give them, like, they got to choose, like, a top five list of whatever the fuck they wanted. And so, like, they they brought some cool answers, man. Pretty funny stuff. All right, cool. So go ahead and give the rest of the list, man. Okay, so we got, out of the UK, we got Sons of Heresy, Geno 5-2, the Imperial Truth, after Olinor. Out of the suite. Oh, why am I doing this? You why it. am I Bob Dole? I'm Bob Doling it. Just keep I'm doing, doing it. The Bob you look so professional. So, <laughs> out of Sweden, we have the Don't Lose Your Head podcast, uh, Northern Heresy, and the Varangian Heresy podcast. Out of Canada, we have Age of Darkness. Here in the U.S., we have Covenant of Fire with my boy Jake. You're Jake. my boy, Blue. Uh, the Independent Characters Podcast. Uh, they're more 40K, but they do talk about 30K. Uh, the Forgotten Legion, uh, which is a webcast that is like, let's start kick this whole party off. Like we're like a subsidiary of them, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, man. Yeah. So they're on Wednesday nights uh, around uh, what, uh, I guess, your central time, right? Yeah, 8.30 central time, but normally it'll probably like 9.15. Yeah. They usually start like eight, eight to nine o'clock somewhere central time on YouTube. We are Check usually, them out. we are usually in the cast by eight 30, but we're talking and bullshitting for about 45 minutes. Full yeah. Time. And if you go to warhammer 30 com, you can find all their content and stuff. Um, then there's also the seize the initiative podcast here in the U S and then Australia, you have, uh, I have Horus and then the loaded dice podcast. Sounds good guys. Go check them all out. Go rewind this podcast. Go listen to every single one of them. All of its great content, guys. We talk to them every day. All of them. So we have a massive podcaster chat that we just keep throwing people in and they don't even realize what's going on. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> Tim, Tim's big. I've horse Tim's like, you guys keep talking about Fight Club. You know what the first rule is supposed to be, right? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> Like, people have to know. Like, people have to aspire. They got to, like, if you want into this fight club, you have to make your own podcast. It's kind of like you got, like, that's a lot of work to get in. Well, you can't, we can't just put that out there because people will just be doing one episode just so they can get in the club. Like, it's got to be legit. Yeah, can't we'll just know. be no. We'll know. We'll know. We'll we know. didn't just get in. Like, we didn't just get into the, it took work. Yeah. So. I just anyway, got guys. I, I just got I just got in. I was just <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? I'm in. Cool. So anyway, guys, we'll go ahead and leave you with some sweet music. Uh next week, if you hear a new intro, <coughs> calling you out, Mr. Ben. 
uh, don't 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 act surprised because uh, we're, we're we're making some moves. So we'll go ahead and close out with some music, guys. Hope to, hope to uh, get in your ears in the future. You have a good one. 